first name Jose, last name Soltero. My middle name is Arian. That's what I go by. It's actually pronounced Arian, but mm. since uh, since first grade, it's like the, the kids couldn't roll their R's, so it it was it basically got transitioned into Arian from there. Yeah, Arian is much better than Jose. Right? Yeah, Isn't that sound that a lot? Too. Yeah, it's yeah, a lot my, sexier. My dad is always like, God, they're just like slaying your name. It's not what it's supposed to sound like. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, it's your fault. That, you know, to ladies with an accent, a little Spanish accent. Oh, <laughs> exactly. my God. Panties are dropping right there. And there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's the name. Um, I am a, a coach. I do, um, you know, I guess whatever you want to call it. It could be neurocentric coaching. It could be life coaching, strength coaching, uh, health coaching, performance, all of the above. Um, and yeah, I met Miles um, at a gym that we used to work at in Palo Alto, California. And then I moved out to Texas and I'm here now just doing my thing, working you, from home. You guys' eyes meet from across the gym. <laughs> There's a twinkle. And, hey, you need a spot. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's, uh, I guess, a good intro on myself uh miles miles sanchez uh i'm a is that your middle name as well or (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it's actually blake but uh there's not a big story behind it but yeah call me miles uh but i'm a brain makes coach too so uh we created this podcast to talk about like wisdom and behavior I don't know what I'm doing on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing here? <laughs> there, there's wisdom in everything. There's just, wisdom in honestly in the in the stories that you've been putting about. I, I started following you, you know, maybe a little over a week ago. I swear I get a nice chuckle every morning when I look at your uh, memes that you post. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, I mean that's that's the whole point of is you know just trying to spread some you know smiles and laughs. To, right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really um, do much else on Instagram other than push out you know, my wife and I's YouTube channel, but yeah, I just like to spread the laughs, mm-hmm. yeah. a little bit of a dark, dark humor, like silly stuff and like to spread it. Yeah, totally. Um, I didn't have much of an intro, but you can go ahead. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I met you, I mean, years ago when you worked with Alyssa. Yeah, it's kind on, of crazy. Uh, so yeah, so yeah. my name is Mike. Um, actually, funny enough, it's really Michael Patrick. It's kind of the typical Filipino thing is your first name's actually two names. Mm-hmm. Mm. But what's interesting is anytime, you know, any sort of like government documentation or any sort of application, they always think that I messed up on the application and put, you know, my middle name as my first name accidentally. So everything gets messed up and oh. I have to clear it out. Thanks, mom and dad. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, so I am a um, content creator. You know, it's like every other filmmaker out there started out wanting to be just a director. But, you know, just things evolved. I ended up becoming, um, getting into cinematography, editing, and they all just kind of combined into what people call videographer these days. And these mm-hmm. days I'm focused solely on um, building a YouTube channel with my wife. Mm. That's awesome. Yeah. What's the YouTube channel about? Um, so the YouTube channel... It's mainly a weekly vlog that me and my Chris and my wife do where, you know, it's a vlog less like any other vlogs, but um, our twist on it is we set goals for each week, Mm. right? It's kind of a, it's a good way to make sure we stay productive, especially during, you know, these days when everyone's just staying at home. And it's made a huge difference for me because I'm the kind of guy, if I didn't have these weekly goals, I'd probably be playing video games 
<laughs> countless, countless hours because I'm a video <laughs> game addict. So, you know, it's really just helped kind of keep me, keep me on point and, you know, get my day, you know, would start my days off and my weeks off with purpose and achieving mm-hmm. things and driving towards a bigger goal. Definitely, yeah. Getting your marks. Yeah, yeah. Like and that. then in, in addition to that, um, I also started the Hang With Mike podcast, which Miles knows about now. So, you know, I love listening to podcasts and the podcasts that I love listening to the most aren't the ones that are really overly produced, the ones that are just conversations. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's really what I like. And so my twist on it is, since it is on YouTube, is that each episode is going to have some sort of cinematic intro. Mm. And that way, you know, I get to practice, I get to practice and exercise my filmmaking skill too, mm-hmm. which is the whole point of me, you know, leaving my media agency job a year ago was one to help my wife with her nonprofit with my video skills, but also to just focus on doing projects that I actually want to do that'll, mm-hmm. you know, develop my skills in the way that I want it to. Mm. Make sense? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and just one thing I, I watched, um, your last episode, the returner. <laughs> awesome. So awesome. That, that, that little brief intro that you're talking about, that cinematic, uh, mm-hmm. intro. So cool. I mean, I, I uh, it, it's, it's, I've never seen that before. And I also am, you know, I, I don't want to say I'm well-versed in like the podcasting realm or looking at video. I'm a pro, you know, um, I'm a pro watcher. I, I basically, you know, I watch a lot. So, uh, and I just, I, 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 it, it was, I loved it. It was a good thing to capture um, uh, myself. Obviously I, li- I like uh, kind of, I guess, I don't know. You're, you almost become um, like uh, obviously when you're the user of one of these platforms, like YouTube, like you also, it's not, it's, it's not just you dishing stuff out. You also like love being on the other end of it. Right. You love being mm-hmm. the audience. Um, so I, I, yeah, I got a kick out of your last video. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We got to link that to the, Mm-hmm. The description and you gotta say you got a kick out of two miles come on <laughs> you're dropping the ball here Claps all around. Me with the praise come on. how is uh um your partner um your uh what's his name i want to say matt the guy that uh you brought over to the house when you guys were shooting well i guess we should go on into a little bit about how you and i'm matt that miles yeah yeah i'd love to hear that there's a bit of a story so i think it was three years ago wasn't it yeah like three years ago two and a half years ago san jose yeah so uh, i was at a point in my career where um kind of like now i just really wanted to build my portfolio with projects that you know because the thing is you know in terms of um videography you only get the kind of work that you actually show on your website and your reel so if you want to be hired for, you know, fun branding projects, well, you better have that on your portfolio then, because otherwise people are only going to associate you with whatever it is that's on your website. So I wanted to get more fun branding stuff on my reel. And I had this strategy where I was just going to reach out to local people, local brands on Instagram that I actually like, that I feel like, oh, you know what, there's a fun story there. And I feel like I can do something. And Miles' girlfriend I'm Melissa Chang. Uh, befriend your body, move confidently. Right, that's her slogan. If you guys don't know, I don't actually. Is that still her slogan, Miles? I don't think she uses that anymore. She's. Okay. I don't know if you've been following her at all, but she's uh, 
she's launched like an online uh, program for women as mm -hmm. like, like a group coaching. Oh, just uh, it's one called... of the sexist. sexist <laughs> uh, and they talk, <laughs> they talk about uh, her slogan now is like the better expert. So just trying to help mm. people become better expert, experts yeah, of themselves. But, yeah, but yeah. anyway, so yeah, Alyssa, I, I found Alyssa online and I read her story on her website and I was really taking it. There's a great parallel. I don't know if you guys follow body, bodybuilding, if you guys know who Dorian Yates is. Mm-hmm. But uh, Dorian Yates was, you know, six-time Mr. Olympia. And when he retired, he kind of went through this existential crisis because all of a sudden he had no idea who he was anymore. Mm -hmm. And he went through this transformation. And Alyssa very much went through something very similar after she won mm -hmm. that fitness competition. And she ended up gaining a lot of weight and got depressed. And she had to find herself all over again and redefine what fitness was for her. So, yeah, I was really moved by her story. I reached out to Alyssa to see if she'd be interested in having a video done by me. And she was. And then that's how I met Miles. And then Miles was basically a groupie during the shoot, just hanging out <laughs> in the corner. That's going to be about the gear because he was really interested about it and everything. So, yeah. And then Sam, yeah. my buddy Sam was with me, helping, helping me out. Sam, yes, yeah, Sam. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you so, guys still uh, close. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're best buds. We're basically brothers. And, um, I do this thing with him called Taco Tours. It's actually his baby. It's mm -hmm. his dream to go to every city in America and try out tacos. And, mm -hmm. and so, yeah, I'm the, I'm the co-host with him on that. Oh, tacos. Yeah. It's been pretty hard to get out, though. He's just been doing stuff local. No, it's, it's, been, it's, it's actually really easy. I know I think places were supposed to close down mm -hmm. over here, but I think people just got tired of governor newsom's shit yeah mm -hmm. quite honestly they just you know stayed open because you know people need to make a living if you if you want people to you know stay in not work and everything well you you got to support them then. how are they going to afford rent how are they going to mm -hmm. afford food you know so mm -hmm. i think people just got tired of it and yeah we had no problems getting tacos mm -hmm. at different places I, oh, cool. I feel like i saw that too I, I don't know like i said i went i went on a as soon as he mentioned your name i was like i want to know you know about him i feel like it's just the it's the best way to kind of get to know somebody is sadly, I mean, in this day and age through like social media sometimes. Um, and, uh, and I don't know what, I don't know how I got, I'm, I don't know how I must've got to that, but I definitely remember very clearly seeing like a bunch of pictures of tacos and people in masks. So it was obviously oh, recent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I push, I mean, I push all that out on my Instagram. Mm -hmm, that's probably it then. Too, you know, I was anytime he posts something, I always try to share it. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, I, I feel like that's an awesome way to, uh, to continue to like, I don't know, just interact and like socialize and just get out. Um, I, I know that without like something like even this podcast, I, I told I've told Miles a, a thousand times that it's it, it can get depressing, you know, like life has changed a lot. And um, even if you did maybe work from home or do a lot of, you know, um, of that style of work in front of a computer for a long time, it's 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 just a different feel now because maybe you have to do it. You don't get to go out and go out to dinner, go out to lunch, whatever. But um, over there in Texas, isn't it basically wide open? I know it, it is in Austin. It is, but I think coming from California, I've treated it like, you know, and all my clients are literally from California right now. So I'm training uh, them all online. Okay. I, I kind of almost feel like I moved, but I didn't integrate myself into the culture. Um, mm -hmm. and I'm also, you know, I'm one that I, I live with my father right now. He has diabetes and 
and asthma. So I'm not going to go out and get, you know, be free and bring something home. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but, but yeah, I, I, I thought that was, you know, it, it sounds cool to be able to continue and, you know, do some type of food search like that. Yeah. I mean, for me, I'm the kind of person that I do. I always, I need a change of scenery. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm so much as, you know, I'm, the nature of making videos is when you're editing and you're spending a lot of time just in front of a computer, but mm-hmm. you know, even just like going outside and walking, you know, during the day, I'm the kind of person that needs that. I can't be cooped up mm-hmm. inside all day. I, I will get a little bit of that cabin fever. My mm-hmm. wife is the complete opposite. I mean, her life has basically <laughs> stayed the same during this whole quarantine time. So mm-hmm. it's good. everything's good for her. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I think that's really cool. I, uh, I, I, I kind of missed that. There's something about like going out and grabbing food. It was actually, I can't remember. It was maybe right before I left to Texas. I, I actually took miles to a taco truck in Redwood city, uh, ah. with my brother. It was called Al, Al Pastor Poppy. Okay. And, uh, they're well-known, I guess, in, in like the mission district of the city and they go to Oakland and they travel around. Um, but it was, yeah, I mean, I, I'm a taco guy myself. So <laughs> let me ask you this, uh, what makes a good taco? Ah, uh, so it's really, um, honestly, you need to have a good high integrity, high quality tortilla. Last thing you want is your tortilla, um, basically being soggy and falling apart uh, that's mm-hmm. a, that's a big red flag that we've noticed uh, another thing is if there's lettuce on your taco that's also usually a red flag because the base of a taco is, is essentially you got your protein obviously you have your tortilla and then you just have cilantro and onions that's really what it's mm-hmm. about that's when you know it's something it's something that's authentic and you know they'll put their salsa on it and everything mm-hmm. it's really how they season the meat and how they cook the meat that's going to be the difference so anytime you see a bunch of lettuce on there, that's a bad sign. That's usually Slap that taco. Yeah, it's usually a sign that it's kind of more um, whitewashed. When we care, they're catering to a different crowd, so it's, it's not good. But in terms of what makes it good, you really, my best piece of advice, of advice would be to go there right when they open. Because the meat, the quality of the meat, how juicy it is, is it's really different when they're cooking it fresh in the morning versus when they've had it heated for a few hours already and you have it there at lunchtime that's a huge difference so you guys do like breakfast tacos not breakfast tacos we'll just <laughs> we'll just go there when they open because that's going to be the it's going to be the freshest it's ever going to be yeah. as it's ever going to be some places will cook as soon as you order but a lot of these places you know they'll just cook a big amount big. and then they'll just keep it warm throughout the day because mm-hmm. it just makes mm-hmm. it easier mm-hmm I know it's kind of funny. I was, you know, as a Filipino, I've kind of become a taco expert. I was just eating so many damn tacos, you know, at this point. I think, I think I've tried 60 different places. Six, this, yeah, I think I, my, my buddy for the end of the year video, he did some stats and yeah, I've eaten a ridiculous amount of tacos. I think I averaged 20 tacos a month. Like that, <laughs> all from different places. Yeah, surprisingly, my body hasn't shown it too much. <laughs> where where is where would you say the best tacos are uh there's a few places you know that jump to mind right away surprisingly enough napa had some really Mm. good tacos Mm. you wouldn't think so but if you want to go on a romantic picnic date of you know wine and tacos wine and tacos yeah there's this yeah there's this taco truck called 
I'm going to butcher it because I can never pronounce it right, but I think it's Tacos El Muchacho Alegre. And mm-hmm. oh my God, the carnitas taco there, it is fantastic. Because with carnitas, obviously, like I can go on tacos for days now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I didn't know this about you. <laughs> I, I wasn't I'm Cuban until... and Puerto Rican, and I don't yeah. even know you like tacos. <laughs> because, because of my buddy Sam, you know, he had me join him on these taco tours. And no, no, because with carnitas, you can kind of go two routes. Can go the succulent juicy route or you can go down the crunchy route mm. and so uh, can't do the same you can't yeah. do both yeah yeah so that uh el muchacho alegre they go more towards the crunchy and man the flavor is just fantastic mm. damn making me hungry <laughs> <laughs> well, i'm more like, of a burrito guy to tell you the truth you know what so was i but once you start having tacos i'm telling you this you might get converted there's something okay. about just the form factor of the tacos and I don't uh-huh. know, they're just more mobile. And uh-huh. I, know I just, I just, I just got tired of like the burrito kind of like that, uh-huh. putting that in my mouth. Uh-huh. There's just something about that that you enjoy a lot, Miles. But... Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but I, well, I wanted that. to paint this picture just and let me know what you, you think of it. Um, but like, the fact that you guys are like doing this and creating this content around like tacos, it's like you get so much knowledge on this like topic. Do you guys feel like you would ever like do something in the future and like make your own tacos with all that experience? And, or is that kind of like outside the picture right now? Not thinking uh, for about me, that. I mean, I hate cooking, so that's definitely not, not the picture <laughs> for me. I'm definitely much just love the eating half okay. of the of critic. Food. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sam, Sam's actually quite the chef. Mm. Uh, he'll cook stuff that's you know like five star quality, restaurant quality stuff. Um, I've approached him before about you know, hey, do you ever actually want to just put up your own like small place since you love cooking so much? But for him, yeah. he says that kind of takes the fun out of it once it becomes mm-hmm. a job. He likes yeah. cooking for friends, for his girlfriend and all that, but he doesn't really want to take it further. But who knows? I mean, maybe that's just an excuse too. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you guys think about that when people say something like, like, like my wife is, she's an amazing artist and I try to, I really try to encourage her to do something with it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there's, you can build an audience with that, but you now she also says the same thing. It's like, oh, I don't want to turn it into a job. It's just going to feel like a responsibility. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be fun anymore. Do you think? Do you think that's legit or is that the mind just, you know, coming up with an excuse? Good question. Do you want me to hit this one? You can. <laughs> uh, I think it. I think we talk ourselves into like wanting, like there's like me asking that question is like trying to see if that sparks your interest. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something that, is very interesting about doing something that no one knows about or knows nothing to do with like, you're not sharing it. And so I could see like how it could be a job or it could be like, it could take all the fun out of it. I feel like that's like a perfect, perfect way of thinking about it. And uh, I think we don't, we don't necessarily have enough of that. I feel like we're, we're like kind of like looking to create um, t- for people to, to like consume. But what about like the other side of the coin where it's like, there's actually little things 
that we do in our day that like make us feel good about ourselves and we shouldn't i don't know we don't have to share it we don't have to like uh i don't know we can always do stuff for ourselves too and i think that's a good example of like she she appreciates it so much that she does it for herself okay so in your your eyes it's not an excuse it's a legit argument yeah yeah i respect that yeah i can can see that point of view what about you arian um did i say that correctly you you said it perfectly i actually was just kind of blown away i had to take my head back for a second um (laughs) (laughs) i um i i want to say something similar that i i i don't know if i if i can necessarily say concretely that i love um love movement more or less than when I started coaching movement versus when I just like to move like as an athlete, something changed. Um, there's, I think there's, there's, there's pains in doing something for work, for money, for a living, because there's a weird dependency that you have on it also versus just wanting to do something. Um, so it, it, it's a weird, uh, there's a weird distinction there that I haven't even really come to terms with all the time. Um, but I do feel my, I have natural feelings towards like wanting to coach or not feeling like I want to coach. Um, but I think the, the origin, um, whether, you know, whether it's art or videography or movement, I think that is something it's some, it's important. It's sacred. It's something, if you really love it, it's like, it's important to keep it. Um, I don't know, maybe in its original form, you know? Um, I was going to actually ask you right before you mentioned that, uh, about your wife, um, if you consider videography and, and all the, the, the cinema, I guess that you kind of indulge in to be like more work or in less play, or how do you see that with yourself? You know, it's, it's funny is, um, the way you say videography, you say videography. I've never heard anyone like throw in that extra (laughs) syllable. It's so, it's so unique. Sorry, that might be a, <laughs> yeah, that might I be just, a miss. I just like I like fucking with people. So <laughs> don't worry about. It. Can I cuss on this thing? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, okay, please. Okay. I do love to be free. Every now, and spread then. your wings. <laughs> yeah, have you guys um, watched that um, the history of swear words on Netflix? I saw the trailer. I saw the trailer. It's it's actually really good. Um, and yeah, Nick Cage is great. As it's actually really interesting. Yeah. But yeah, I'm gonna go off on tangent. I will answer your question. <laughs> What was the question again? Um, if you, I guess, considering what you do for work, uh, you're mentioning reaching out to brands maybe early on in your career, mm-hmm. or, you know, do you consider that work now, like creating videos for people? Yeah, actually, it's, it's, it's kind of, um, you know, when you start out, you obviously you're just making videos for yourself because no one's going to hire you and you're just trying to learn. And I've kind of come full circle with that, I've gone gone through the whole thing where you know I'm making videos for clients and brands. You know, I've done the agency route where yeah, I was making videos for clients and brands again. And I just gotten to the point where honestly, all I really want to do this one is just make the stuff that I want to make. And it has more. It doesn't really have anything. Well, it has something to do with making videos, but it's just kind of more my outlook on life in general. Is I'm not a nine to five kind of guy. Um, you guys know you guys know who Tim Ferriss is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I read his, you know, book that 
incredible book, Four Hour Work Week, mm-hmm. years ago. That's kind of what really kind of started cementing what I already felt. I just didn't know how to define it. Whereas time is the most important asset we have. You know, we can't can't ever get it back, right? And the way I just view working a nine to five job is you are just renting out your time. You know, I'm never going to get that back. I'm only getting older and older. And at the end of the day, what do I get out of that 95 job? I just get a paycheck. But the thing is, you're never going to become independently wealthy working a nine to five job. That's not the way that system is set up, right? You're essentially just a commodity. And so the way I looked at it was, well, you know, if I'm going to work 40 hours a week or even more so, I'm better off just doing that for myself then. You know, who knows when it's going to pay off. But in the long run, I'm going to reap way more benefits from doing it for myself rather than for other people. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so it's really more so about that. I mean, you can, you can apply that to video, videography, as Arian <laughs> Sorry. <he> likes to <laughs> say. Or, you know, you can apply that to like what you guys do. You guys have your own businesses now, you know, mm-hmm. coaching and consulting, right? Instead of, you know, working for 24 hour fitness as a personal trainer, I might as well just have your own business. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so that's just the way I look at it because, because you know, my wife, she, she was working for the Alameda County of Registrar Voters maybe two years ago. And she was telling me the story where they were hiring people from all over the place just for temp work. And one of her coworkers was this, I don't know, 53 year old woman who had just got laid off from her job and she has three kids to support and like what i mean that really just validated everything i was thinking it's like you know these companies you can't really rely on them 100 percent to do what's right for you because that's not that's not what companies are about they're mm-hmm. about their bottom line and i'm not saying that's an evil thing but that's just the reality of it mm-hmm. they're not there to take care of you they're there to take care of their bottom line and so it just seems foolish to me to rely and trust on companies to take care of you you're better off betting on yourself mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah it's and beautiful i mean you explained it so well well i've had, I've, I've thought about it for a very long time and i've had mm-hmm. many conversations with people about it and you know you know there are times where i wish i could just be a nine-to-five person i wish i had that mindset because life is so much easier if if you're cool with that it's just such an easier path than trying to create something of your own. But that's just not who I am. Is there a story that maybe you could share with us that like really kind of pushed you forward on that like process that you had? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, when I was working as a producer editor at the media agency last year, there was this uh, one project where I, I can't, I'm trying to say this, so I'm not going to name any specific names. So I don't wanna, I don't name drop. People are tr- in trouble. I won't name the agency, but uh, one of the clients the agency had was a city. And the project was essentially every year, they kind of like a state of the union, they do a state of the city, but they hire us to make, essentially it's a glorified power, PowerPoint presentation and we use our video videography skills to make it look prettier. You know, mm-hmm. put in animations, different clips, things like that. And so I was actually working on another project and we hired a freelancer to work on this project. 
And then after three days of him working on this project, I finally checked his progress and it was just complete shit. It just, it wasn't going to be like usable at all. And since it was my fault, because I hadn't really checked his progress, you know, the first few days, because I just trusted, well, they hired this guy. He must know what he's doing. And I'm, I'm busy doing another project. So I kind of just took responsibility for it. It's like, okay, this is my bad. I should have checked his progress earlier. So that whole weekend, I spent my weekend working on that project, this project that I just have no interest in whatsoever. I don't want to do it at all. So here I am wasting 48 hours of my own existence working on a project that I don't want anything to do with that's not going to develop my skills in any way at all. Mm. It's it's like, what the hell am I doing here? And for, you know, for a meager paycheck, this is like, yeah. So that, that, like I said, I'd already been thinking like going down this kind of road of, well, I mean, the truth is I've always kind of gone back and forth and I'm kind of going all over the place here, but I've always gone back and forth from doing my own thing then, you know, really struggling with that and then hopping on board with a production company or something, getting a full-time gig again and getting some stability, then me getting tired of that and going back into doing my own thing. And so I guess hopefully that was the last time that I went through that part of the cycle where I went through a nine to five because that was really just, I couldn't believe I was spending my weekend working on this project that I, I was just such crap. Yeah. yeah, I can totally relate. Um, I think it's interesting, interesting that it that it it happens more than once, you know, and that's normal. Uh, where you kind of find yourself going back and forth. Some people don't even do anything, you know. They'll just stay. They'll stay uh, feeling a type of way well, I and mean, never address had it. A lot to do with it. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the reason I jumped onto the media agency gig was because of my marriage mm-hmm. um, I, I, was, I needed my marriage needed it at that point or that stability because I'd lived overseas for a big part of my 20s and that's where I met my wife so you know I don't know how much you guys know about how immigration works but you know when you first get married it's not as if my wife can join me right away I have to petition her you know for a visa and that has to get processed and all that so when she finally came over, I just quit my other full-time gig because I just got tired of it. I wanted to do, to do my own thing. And it was really unfair to her because here she was. She left everything behind to join me over here. And I didn't provide like a stable home base for her to get adjusted to her new life. Mm-hmm. And then that went on for a bit because like, you know, I'm a dreamer. I'm going to keep chasing my thing, but you know, it just got really bad, our arguments, and it just became really clear that I was really, it was really unfair to her. And so that's why I went on, you know, to the full-time gig at the media agency. Mm-hmm. But, you know, our situation changed. And after about a year, you know, she was at a point where she didn't, where we were at a point where I, I didn't really need to do that nine to five anymore. It was like, okay, there's no reason for me to stick around. Mm-hmm. What uh, do you have a piece of advice or um, something that you could share with the audience that like helped you in that in that time? Um, well, honestly, 
for me the whole journey of me getting into videography, filmmaking, um, wanting to chase after something I actually enjoy started by getting screwed over for a promotion when I was working in the video games industry. Mm. So I was working as I was working in the QA pits, you know, as a tester, you know, I'm not going to name the company here as well, but the thing you have to understand about at least my experience in the video game industry and from what I heard from other friends at other video game companies is they don't like to hire from within. They don't like to grow their people. They don't like to promote. They like to hire from without. So, you know, what the very you know, a few times that they do promote from within, you can just imagine the competition that goes for that and the backstabbing that mm. happens, right? So I was a victim of one of the, uh, of, you know, getting backstabbed really hard. And I think I was 31 at that point. And that's when I started like thinking like, okay, you know what? I really have to make a change here because five years can easily go by and I'd still be stuck doing this exact same thing. Mm. right so i had to i had to hit kind of a rock bottom you know something had kind of had to you know like shake me to wake up because you know it's i'd lived like i said i lived overseas for so many years and then when i came back in 2010 the job market was just complete shit here i was just happy to have a job even in just a qa job you know so there's always that fear of leaving that you, you don't know how you're going to pay your bills or anything like that, but it was being screwed over so badly that kind of took that fear away from me. Because at that point, it's like, oh, what the hell? What have I got to lose? I already worked my ass off for two and a half years for this company, and look what I got from it. Mm. Like nothing, really, if you think about it. So that's when I just kind of started doing my research and started planning you know, my departure. Mm. So I don't know what kind of advice... I would give people, um, I would say, just be honest about what it is you want out of life. You know, if you're okay with doing the nine to five thing and just enjoying your time off of work and enjoying your weekends, hey, then great, more power to you. But if you're not that kind of person, ah, you, then you got to get started right away. It doesn't mean you have to quit your job right away, but you got to start looking for what you want, you know, Whenever you're off of work, do your research or wake up early, go after it, do it on the weekends. Because if you're not that kind of person, you're never going to be that kind of person. Mm. The, the employeepreneur. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you can get rid of the employee part, right? Mm-hmm. Totally. That's, that, that's inspiring. It's a, I think it's a, probably similar. I mean, I, I can speak for myself when uh, I think even in the coaching industry, it's same thing you know it's like this it's it's a form of art that you are constantly debating whether or not you can do it better on your own or stick with this you know company that is uh slashing your salary maybe in half compared to what you could get um if you had the but they're doing a bunch of you know obviously things for you that you don't know how to do on your own they're almost kind of you know and i'm sure maybe this is the same with the media company um but you're using maybe your raw talent but then you, you, you don't discover uh, the other skill sets because you learn to wear, um, I mean, how, I'm sure you've worn a number of hats since leaving like these bigger companies. Yeah, I mean, essentially you have to become a businessman mm-hmm. or a businesswoman. Mm-hmm. 
business x <laughs> this, uh yeah uh, but you know what uh, that's just the reality of anything you mm-hmm. do. even if you're not a, in it for yourself you know you go on you go on interviews you, you have to sell yourself you have to mm-hmm. be comfortable with that you have to know how to do that so yeah definitely those are the skills that I had to learn uh the hard way I guess so how does it work then because I actually was a personal trainer for quite a few years when I lived overseas back when I was actually in good shape <laughs> <laughs> so how, how does it work uh, for you guys and if you're like doing your brain-based coaching and but you're working under a company do you guys all have the same philosophy or how does that like what's uh well we're both I think I think this this conversation is fascinating because I think I think I've had my own journey in that sense of you know ups and downs and changing jobs and but I, I think what happened with me is I think I got pushed into this position really fast and it was like you know that I'm not doing anything for myself in the in the long run if I'm not doing like something that I that I'm passionate about so there's like this void that you're you're not really meeting um so like when you take this this purpose of helping someone there's so many different people that have different viewpoints on helping someone so when you went into like a gym or something like that there might be like clashing or there might be like this is the right way of doing something and you might not even believe that or it might it not it might not be actually helping anyone um so you you develop these skills on your experiences and all the science and stuff out out there and you try to package it up for this person and people just pack it packages it up differently some work some don't um inside of a gym it 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 would be i don't know it would be awkward sometimes like you you know you want to be you want to make friends with someone and they might be like really intense and that's probably not your your jazz like i don't really want to be intense and like always like hitting the weights i think i've been there done that kind of thing so there's like uh different forms of health that you can gravitate towards i don't know if arian could elaborate on that Um, (laughs) uh, yeah i would say the same that yeah when you work for a place let's say um like a gym on average you're just gonna have a bunch of coaches with their own spin on it and um and it's just like hopefully the person that owns the gym or the manager um of the floor or or in whatever case someone who's overlooking it creates a space where you're comfortable enough to like bring your own uh style and your own taste um but that's not always the case obviously as miles kind of spoke about um and i've kind of experienced similar atmospheres where it's just it's just it's a lot of clashing it's a lot of egos especially in the coaching business it's like a lot of these people come from sorry to say it like they're just like gym rats you know like they're the people that like like you said love hitting the weights they're intense as shit and they just they bring that into their coaching uh experience 
So, and that doesn't really mesh well with someone that's, let's say, on the health, on focusing more on health and less on being fit, you know? Um, So that's where maybe I've experienced people that like, it's it's either like you, you, you enjoy the intense, intense nature of that. And you kind of just like work around it somehow. um, Or, or you just like stay to yourself. Um, Luckily, the last gym that we all where I met miles where we all worked at was very good at integrating multiple styles and there wasn't a lot of this like ego that you would experience in a lot of other uh, gyms so it's just it's really the place um and then obviously some people take that and do their own thing with it but uh but yeah I think that if I were to ever maybe go back to a gym and and do things and I've kind of been talking to my fiance about that because it it's it's scary for me, it's like it's something that uh, I I feel a little bit of fear when when I know that I'm going to have to meet let's say five to fifteen other trainers, um, and it's like being accepted into this like thing, you know. Like I used to do jujitsu, it's like this. It's I wouldn't call it a cult, but it's like they're gonna show you a tough time, you know, um, depending on the crew and how they accept you or how they think about you or how they think about themselves. So it's it's a weird like beast. It's hard to, you know, I don't know. It's, 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 it's like, I have a love hate with it. So I'm enjoying the work from home thing where I don't have to maybe clash a a lot with other people. Um, But it is, it's an experience. It definitely is. Well, it sounds almost just kind of like a high school. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Form, right. Mm -hmm. Are you going to be accepted by the cool crowd? Mm -hmm. Are you guys required to land because like I said, I used to be a trainer. When I was a trainer, at least overseas in the Philippines, you were required to work the floor and land your own clients, you know, approaching people. Is that, does that work the same way for you guys? Or did they sell the packages for you? And they just line you up with clients? Depends on the place. Yeah. I think you get a little both. I think just to comment on where we were, you have to be a contractor. You have to run your own business. So the more that you get into that type of space, like people are serious, like this is like my work, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not like, you know, doing this on the weekends or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, so you, if you can get yourself closer to, you know, running your show, uh, then you have less to do with kind of like this, like loudness, um, that you're feeling because um, you know you're not making that much money with the skills that you're doing and then you're having things be done for you maybe clients you're getting clients and stuff like that but the amount of time that you have to put into uh, actually making enough money to live on is where you're you know back to your story like you know I'm I'm working 40 hours I'm seeing 15 people and they're telling me how they're doing and what's going on. And is there space for you to actually have like this, you know, fill your void, work out um, yourself or train yourself um, and have relationships, have hobbies. So it's just like everything else. Like it starts to consume you because you're trying to, you're trying to use your skills in order to like, I don't know, make more money. Um, so the, I, th- I think early on you start to realize like you need to, you need to, you need to learn skills. You need to uh, figure out how you can work closer with people 
at least in my eyes, like the closer that you can hold a conversation, have communication skills, be able to hold space for someone um, and really have like a, like a, like a conversation with the person. um, I think the better you're going to be if you're like, if you're, for some people, people can get away with like, you know, you know, being told what to do. And that's like, not my job. Like, I don't tell you what you need to do. I, I help you um, undercover what your choices are and what would be, uh, what would serve you in the long run. So, um, and that could be many forms. There's not one way. Um, I don't know if I answered the original question. You answered uh, it right at the beginning. You said it's a little uh, bit of both. Mm-hmm. It really depends on the place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what you guys are both at right now is you're both just doing your own thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, curveball. You know, everyone had to pivot. It's like either you're going to keep on coaching online and you're going to be good at it and enjoy it, or you're going to, you know, find find something else in whatever capacity you can find. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I was fortunate because the clients that I was working with, they, they made that transition really well. I'm glad that I made that transition. Um, but it's, yeah, now it's like, how do I still run a business on my own, which I was already doing, but in this different way? Yeah. So. Yeah, I, th- I think it's similar for me. I mean, uh, it is, I haven't been a part of a gym in a long time that, that sold like packages for me and aligned me with clients per se. Um, performance had a weird way where there was almost like you, like he said, you all had your own business under the space. You're all your own entity renting space from me in a way. Um, and people would come in through the door obviously. And, and, and we'll kind of just, it's like leads. It's just like, Oh, they're, they're looking for a coach we're not going to, you know, take a cut or anything like that, but we just like align you and make sure they pay, they pay this, the, 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 basically the headspace so that they can train here with you. Um, which is kind of cool. I enjoyed that style. I wouldn't mind being a part of something like that again, one day. Um, but it's hard to find. I've never found to be completely honest with you guys. I've never found anywhere like performance gains before that. So it is, you know, it's like a dime a dozen. Um, it's hard to find something like that that just like fits real well. And everyone's uh, just, you know, kind of hanging out and doing their thing. And, um, and it's not this like numbers game where I'm sure like maybe what you've been a part of, Mike, in the past or, or maybe not. Um, it's like it's this corporate atmosphere where you're on the floor and you're like you said, you're kind of like hunting for these clients. You're looking for like, hey, can I? I don't know, maybe like get insert here, like, oh, you, you know, your form could, uh, you mind me talking about your form or if you want to meet up and I can help you with some things. And you're kind of always like looking for like to poach clients in a way, um, <laughs> which I always found to be so like, I always felt like I was doing something wrong. Like I was a salesman on the floor, just like being so intrusive. Um, and, and I know that for someone like me, I wouldn't want to, someone to like invade my space and tell me maybe like, you know, Hey, do you want to uh, come over here and I can show you some things. So I was very like quiet into myself. 
So There's a new girl, new girl yeah. on the on the <laughs> exactly hey, go, get, in the corner. Go get her, go get her. You know, just like <laughs> it's a weird, it's a weird mentality. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm thankful that we didn't come from something recently. Our last gym wasn't really that type of space. And that was exactly the environment that I was under when I was a trainer, and I hated it. Mm-hmm. I couldn't stand it because, like my my point of view, is, hey, you guys hired a trainer, not a salesman, right? <laughs> exactly. Like, Mm. Uh, that's my skill set is training people mm-hmm. that's what like, that's what i'm certified in you guys want me to work for like a car salesman mm-hmm. essentially and i could not stand and i had quotas to meet mm-hmm. and everything it was it was horrible i mean though that being said i feel like after everything i've been through in terms of you know um videography and landing my own clients and everything i'd probably be much better at that job now <laughs> on how to talk to people and how to sell right. without selling you know, uh-huh. no hard sells at all, just talking to people and asking questions. I probably wouldn't mind it so much now, but I just mm-hmm. could never square that circle of, hey, we're here to help people get in shape. But in reality, we're here to sell packages and that's all it is. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it, was, it was not a good experience. I didn't, I didn't last too long at that gym. I eventually moved to a smaller private gym where it wasn't that way at all. Mm-hmm. There was no pressure, and uh, I thrived there. And their their what's it called their share of the package was a lot better too. I think uh, you get seventy five percent of the personal training package, and they take a twenty five percent cut, mm-hmm. you know, which is yeah. way better than when I was working at this big uh, big chain gym mm-hmm. in the Philippines. I think you're only getting thirty three percent of the package, which made no sense wow. whatsoever. Yeah. It's like, well, what's the sense there? Like, mm-hmm. I'm doing most of the work. Right. I was like, these members are paying already and paying a membership fee to use the gym. So how in the world, why in the world are you guys taking <laughs> 67% of the cut? Mm-hmm. And I guess that's, that's just kind of always the way I've looked at it. Is, is this a fair deal that I'm getting here? They're giving you the clients though. <laughs> are, are they really yeah, they're yeah. providing the pool? Right. But then again, those clients, those members are already paying their membership fee. Mm-hmm. We set Not them up. We, we had the front desk set them up, so they're yours. No, that's so that's going to take. No set up at all. I would literally prowl, you know, the gym floor, mm-hmm. and you know, right away, you know the kind of people that you're effective with. That's uh-huh. so how you, so you get kind of like, you know, you're like the Terminator. You're analyzing each person and stats yeah. uh-huh. All right, this is a female, thirty to thirty-five. Oh, that's my target zone right there. I'm really good with them. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Um, yeah. I, I remember walking into work and, and being like people tossed onto my schedule and then like you have the session with them and they're just like, it's like super awkward because they don't know me mm-hmm. and like, they don't, they don't trust me. And you're like, and then they, and then they leave like, Oh, like that wasn't really helpful because I didn't open up at all. They were just telling me, yeah, no, I want to lose weight. You know, it has to go deeper. Yeah, that's kind of like a date person. that way, right? They're yeah. giving you one word responses. It's not a good sign. You know? <laughs> not a good date. Yeah, yeah, it's not a good date at all. It's not a good Is sign. this going well? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Client's going to break up with you. It's not you. It's me. You know, yeah. so, just want to focus on my career right now. <laughs> totally. How, um, how do you, if you don't mind me kind of, you know, making a little bit of a circle back to, uh, what you do now. Uh-huh. Um, cause I'm, I'm, I'm really interested in, in, I guess that side of things. Like I, I, I really enjoy your work. 
um, from what I've seen so far. And is it, I, I guess in terms of business, um, how, how does that work out for yourself? Do you have a lot of people that maybe like approach you still for like, just like freelance work? Is that what you? Um, no, cause COVID pretty much killed the video industry. Mm -hmm. And so that's pretty much, it's starting to come back, mm -hmm. but we're talking more so like the big, really the bigger companies, movies, you know, um, yeah, yeah. nationwide commercials. And there's some video work that's coming back but it's also really on the lower end too. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of um, kind of like at this funny like position in terms of how far I got up the video ladder where I definitely didn't reach, you know, doing commercials for Nike, uh -huh. things like that. But I'm definitely not a beginner either. You know, I'm, I'm not going to just do a video for anyone that approaches me. So it's kind of like this weird middle ground where mm -hmm. you don't really charge enough to gain any credibility with brands like Nike or Apple, mm -hmm. where you charge way too much for everyone else. Yeah. 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 So that's kind of, maybe there's, you know, maybe there's some sort of parallel with, you know, with the coaching you guys do. Mm -hmm. But at, at this point, honestly, my, my whole focus is just building my own audience. Cause to me, that's where the freedom is. Totally. I mean, and you know, when I quit my job at the agency, my plan was to, you know, because I bought a Prius and it's like, oh, I'll drive Uber a few days a week. And, you know, I can guarantee a certain amount of income, you know, mm -hmm. every month. And the rest of the time, I was just going to work on building my own thing because mm -hmm. I just saw that as a more fruitful way to spend my existence. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you know, there's a cut and pay, but both me and my wife were okay with it. You know, I could make enough you know, driving for Uber to support us and we can yeah. both continue chasing our dreams. I mean, she has her own nonprofit now, which is actually going really great. Mm -hmm. And so... What is it? What's the name? Smart City. So it's smart and then the letter CT. So it's like, mm. she's basically, she's at the forefront of leading the smart city movement in Southeast Asia, particularly in the Philippines. So that was kind of the challenge we took wow. on. Because when it was becoming clear that that's what she really wanted to do, and like I said, when I got the Prius, that kind of opened up, that opened up the whole Uber opportunity. Because before that, I was driving a 1995 Isuzu Trooper, getting 15 miles a gallon. It's like, okay, I need to stay at this full-time job. There's nothing else that I could do. But once I got, you know, that 48 miles per gallon, I love it. One of the best decisions I ever made in my life. That's when I really started thinking about it. I said, okay, there's an opportunity here to really go after what we want. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so when it was clear that my wife that Chris wanted to do was going to stick with this nonprofit thing and I got the Prius I was like okay you know what we had a conversation I, I want to quit my job I'm going to use my video skill set for you instead of for this company mm -hmm. and I'll figure out something for myself as well awesome and you know we, and we've kind of just been going on that road ever since and that was February 2020. So we've been at it for going on a year now. She's been at her nonprofit thing for a little bit earlier, a year and a half. That's awesome. awesome just no looking back. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, actually, you know, 2020 has been a great year. For us, to be perfectly honest. I know a lot of people haven't had a great year. It's mm -hmm. been tough, but, and I'm not going to lie, it's been fantastic for us. That's yeah. awesome. And it's good. And you, you found your own slice of happiness, it sounds like really yeah, what you I, wanted to do but you know even 
when we started pursuing our own thing, you know, I went down this, I went down the wrong path. So, you know, I started this thing called Red Sea Visuals where I was just going to do um, content marketing consulting. Because mm-hmm. it's just, if you do all the research, you know, with, uh, I forget the name of the, the website, but if you do any research about content marketing these days, they say that's what it's all about. You know, keyword research-based content you know, things like that. So that I kind of started putting myself in that direction and marketing myself as that, but uh, my heart was never really into it. But that didn't stop me from putting in months of work, coming up with content, coming up with a brand, coming up with a strategy. And then for mm-hmm. two months on YouTube, I put out, you know, content as Red Sea Visuals, giving advice on how to do content marketing. And it was, it was just horrible. I, you know, just I was just forcing it. It just wasn't what I got into, you know, videography and filmmaking for, but it still took, you know, months and months of hard work pursuing that for me to realize that I, you know what, that's just not, I know it's supposed to be what I'm doing on paper. It's the smart move to remove, remove myself from the physical labor of, you know, videography to really free myself, but that's not what I enjoy. And I just, you know, even at that point, I still had to really be honest with myself and accept what it is I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. so yeah i may never be removed from the physical labor of making videos but that's okay because i do enjoy that part yeah i feel that do you, did you have i felt, you, I felt you, the conviction when you told me did to you, feel it. <laughs> did you uh did you have that car when i met you no i was driving the trooper Okay. You're... Was, you know, the trooper was great for you know looking around a bunch of film gear, but man, it was just killing me on gas. I was spending close to three hundred bucks a month on gas alone. And, yeah, and then when I got the Prius, it went down to seventy five. So I was actually making <laughs> money back when I got the Prius. God. Yeah, That's I mean, I'm move, sounding like a, a spokesman for Toyota hey. Prius. <laughs> It we was got one it. Of the best cut it. I ever made in my life. You know? Cut. <laughs> you have you have this like Toyota uh, Prius uh, little backdrop. You're like, I oh know, yeah, you know, know the Prius. It, just, yeah. <laughs> it really <laughs> put a smile on my face. <laughs> Couldn't do it without him. Yeah. What do you? Well, what do you guys drive? I'm curious. I have Toyota. Sat, yeah, uh, same here. I have a, uh, Toyota. I have a, yeah, Toyota. But I have a truck. I think okay. you. You. What do you have? A SUV, Miles. Uh, Rav Four, Alyssa picked it out. Mm-hmm. Wanted the um, I wanted the Four Runner. <laughs> so why did you let Alyssa pick it out? Because the one I wanted was like fifteen thousand dollars, more twenty thousand dollars more. Yeah. <laughs> Those Four Runners are no joke now, dude. Yeah. Uh, yeah, luckily gas is cheap out here in Texas. It's like two, usually around two dollars or less a gallon. Oh yeah, holy crap. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, wow. When I moved out of here, I was like, thank the Lord. But uh, when did you move out there? Uh, it was July, this last July, this last oh, summer. So you were part of that exodus out of California. Oh, yeah. Just exiting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I heard about there was like a website, I think, that was like leaving Cal- how to leave California or something mm-hmm. like that. <laughs> oh, uh, I mean, we're, we were definitely thinking about it too, but it just it doesn't make sense for us right now. We've got a really good situation. But yeah. yeah. If you can last, I like my fiance says it all the time. Sometimes it kind of eats, eats me up inside because. Uh. I wanted to come here. I genuinely did. Like I thought about Texas for a long time before uh, COVID, but she was just like, dude, my family are in California. Like 
if it wasn't for how expensive California was, she was like, I would have stayed there my whole life. Um, mm. I, I wanted to see something else. I, I grew up in Palo Alto. So uh, the Bay Area was like been my home. I know every inch of it kind of thing. Uh, you but, grew up on the rough streets of Palo Alto. Huh? Hey, back in the day, <laughs> I say this to a lot of people because they're like, oh, you're from Palo Alto. Uh, East Palo Alto. <laughs> I, I, I tell them that like when I grew up there, I mean, my parents moved there in like ni- 1990, 1989. It was it fe- when I was growing up, it felt like a small town, like Silicon Valley was like maybe right, right then. So I, I didn't really feel like Palo Alto was what it is now until a lot later, you know? And so growing up middle school, even like early years in high school, I was just like, dude, we just, like, this is where we grew up. Like, it's just, a, it's a quiet town, you know? Like mm-hmm. the only thing the police have to do are break up our high school parties. <laughs> there's nothing else in the city to, to crash. You know, there's no crime. Uh, but you know, now it's like, it's, it's become, it's this wild thing. So yeah, I don't know. Where but yeah, Texas, Texas, Texas is good. Where in Texas? Yeah. Uh, I'm about... 25 minutes north of austin texas okay yeah it's so leander a good spot then it's a austin really it's, is right there but it's right it doesn't have all the new californians like moving in yeah probably a lot cheaper too than austin right? oh definitely yeah it's we're fine we're moving into our own i'm living with my dad right now but we're moving into a an apartment in march so it's right around the corner getting our own like mm. official spot so i'm so excited for that and uh and it's like a, a two bedroom two bath is Fourteen hundred dollars here. That's so ridiculous. Absolutely so fucking ridiculous. crazy. And he just proposed. He just proposed. I honestly, yeah, yeah. Thank you on Saturday. So I got. There's a lot of moves that I've made, and they're because I <laughs> came here. Uh-huh. So when my mm-hmm. fiance is like, "God, I would have stayed in Paul," I was like, Ugh. "Like I, I literally couldn't." I that ring on your finger right there. I feel yeah. like that would have mm-hmm. been a little if harder to to mm-hmm. obtain. Um, did you know she was gonna say yes? Like, did you know it was already in the bag? <laughs> right. Well, luckily I asked her before I had the ring. So when the ring came and I did my official proposal this last Saturday, I already, you know, she, we already had the label. Oh, so. how, do, how, do, how does that work? How do you pre-ask? How do you? It was <laughs> honestly We talked about it on uh, yeah. one of our episodes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I'm uh, sure that your fans have heard it, but I haven't heard it yet. So. No, no, I'll t- uh, it's a, it's a funny don't, story. Don't tell them. uh so it it was honestly we were in front of the apartment we used to live in in palo alto it was like raining one night we had the munchies and we're sitting out of my truck and uh and i just looked at her it was like three months after we became official but we had been friends transitioned to dating for maybe like three and a half years three years we had been friends first yeah so it like it was a long time that we were Mm. we used to tell people like I would never, we're just friends, strictly friends. I'd never see her in that light. And then, you know, it comes in the back of your mind. Exactly. You're just like, just working the slow game. Am I lying to myself? (laughs) You're just gaming her. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, so we were just sitting in the truck. It was like three months after it became official. um, And we were like telling people we were dating each other. And then I just looked at her. I'm, it might've been the weed, but I totally was like, (laughs) dude, I'm, I, uh, I'm in love with you. Like, I, I think I always kind of have been even as friends. Um, I, uh, like, I want to be with you forever. You know, I didn't like say, will you marry me? But I was, and she was like, I, I 
want i've always like loved you you know kind of thing uh one of those cliche <laughs> so stories sweet. yeah so right? you guys were just in complete denial of fate to really take the plunge yeah yeah so uh and then from that day forward i started like kind of inching into telling people that like i she's kind of like my fiance i think now like i you know <laughs> i'm not i'm not, you know like we kind of just made a pact and then i didn't have like the really the financial freedom until i got out here to like look into rings and do that whole thing and then this last saturday i popped the question and she was like just shocked you know um so it was it was a fun experience really good at acting shocked or that you know i was like god those tears look so fucking real yeah <laughs> she probably didn't remember that night she was so high <laughs> right yeah she she just put up an instagram story and she she kind of says it how i said it she was like yeah i think we were in his truck and we were high maybe i don't know like he just said well, you know do you want to be with me forever and his i was like yes. oh my god it wasn't a hallucination it was, it was real it's a side effect it was an upper for sure it was a it was a sativa do you feel nervous at all um i was i was more nervous about the mechanics of like because mm. i got a photographer it's the only time i've ever hired a photographer uh, not even for my own personal business have i hired one uh and so i that's hired what one that she, was yeah and she <laughs> and she was like you have to have her this way so she's facing the camera and i need to see her face when you're doing and i was like okay and we Couple get up takes and, yeah i get up there and like where you know she showed me pictures of where this drawn x was that i'm where i'm supposed to be and where she's supposed to be and I was like, fuck, she's in, she's on my left, not on my right. How's this going to work? I was like, uh, like, I think she was like, oh, should we go up a little bit more? Cause it was on this like lookout thing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, I think this is it. Like, I don't think there's anything up there. And she was like, what the fuck? And she was like, it was kind of getting weird. And I was like, all right, I just need to slip on her left and just get on a knee, like just do this thing. And so I did, I kind of like transitioned around her. I was like, oh, look. And then I just dropped. I was like, I, this, I don't know if this is smooth or not. Uh, thank God. Thank God it wasn't a video. If I had you there, Mike, it might've looked weirder, but the photos uh, caught it like it looked perfect. So uh, that's hilarious. That's a great yeah. story. Yeah. <laughs> that's a fantastic story. I mean, you have people, you know, you can tell right. did you look down for the rest of your lives. Yeah. yeah. Um, I did, I tried to look down. I was going to like play it off as like shoelaces, but I realized I was wearing fucking boots. So I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to work. Like, there's no yeah, way. Yeah, that photographer put a lot of pressure on you. Man. Oh yeah, she, she definitely did. But, uh, but yeah, it was a fun, fun experience. I mean, I, you know, hopefully I only have one of them. I see her as being my one and only, you know? Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I, uh, yeah, it was exciting. It really was, but, uh, I wasn't as much nervous, like I said, as as much as like just overthinking the little things you know mm, I, guess a, I guess that's a good position to be in when you're going to propose to someone right right thank I god i didn't have to like propose if you're not sure of that yes yeah definitely that's what i i just you know i was talking to someone else and they were like so like were you afraid she was going to say no and they didn't know the the pre-story in the mm -hmm. truck because uh, i don't tell everyone that but uh i was like oh yeah i that's a that's a that's a definitely a thing that like some guys go into it and they're unsure like is she gonna is she feel the same way does she want to slow down with me have i taken the hints and this is the right thing to do now so that would scare the shit out of me i'm honestly i'm, I'm glad i you know that that's a that's a heavy uh toll or a heavy thing to bear to think like this could be a no you know like there there are like those like you know like fail videos out there where it's like the guy asked her to marry and she's like 
Oh no no no! Like uh, I feel I feel like those are fake though. I feel like those right? are those feel videos. Yeah, right? I'm like, oh my god, this is like a car crash. Like holy shit! <laughs> but it's uh, like movie movie worthy. Mm-hmm. You you see that in movies? Mm-hmm. Yeah yeah, that's that stuff. Like, it's a little too set up when it happens. What's interesting is um I have uh, this friend. She lives in Austin too, and she she actually proposed to her boyfriend. Oh wow! This is the first time I've ever heard of. Damn. Oh. I was like, oh, I'm so lucky. The girl of my dreams proposed to me. Damn. <laughs> a little role it's the Bumble scenario. Yeah, was like, he hoping oh, for it? I, I don't know. I don't know her boyfriend, but <laughs> I mean, just looking at the two of them, I would say she's definitely out of his league. So, I mean, <laughs> 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 the they, they guy's definitely, definitely lucky. Uh, she is, That's awesome. She's a beautiful girl. Obviously, my wife is more gorgeous. There's no one more beautiful than my <laughs> wife, but... <laughs> I'm not a blind man, you know. Mm-hmm. Girls don't stop looking good just because you're in a committed relationship. If anything, if I can give you a piece of advice here, Ariane, once you get married, other girls get 10 times more beautiful. Mm. <laughs> I, I know it is the case that there is a weird thing, and I talk about it with my brother, that for some odd reason, when they know that you're locked down, it's like either you didn't notice before or something happens where people are like, oh, you're taken? wow um do you want to be friends like you know like it's just like this weird fucking thing that i always i feel like i like to think it was always that case for me (laughs) yeah hey hey when you're naturally beautiful like you you know it just you can't help it it's just just my default response it's catnip oh yeah that's definitely how how they have to feel i'm just so delusional (laughs) miles how's i hear that the cost of living in hawaii is just ridiculous can you confirm that uh, I can confirm that I can. It is, uh, it's like Palo Alto, Bay Area prices, city prices, um, and then houses are probably older and not <laughs> well kept as much as you would think. <laughs> Give me a pro. Uh, Sounds like a, a pro. fantastic decision. <laughs> the visual, but though. It's a great place. Um, we've, we found a really new um two bedroom place uh that's like really nice and we're we're pretty pretty much paying like uh similar to what we were paying earlier <laughs> a little okay. bit more all right you don't need to go into uh, the details <laughs> but uh what sparked the move because i know Alyssa's are uh families from hawaii and I, and yeah Alyssa's yeah. originally from hawaii as well yeah right? so her whole family uh lives here so it's definitely I think I would have never considered it or like a place that like you would go and you have no family. Um, I think it's really nice that we have our family here and we can like support each other and stuff like that. And, and know that like, we're like safe, safe here. We don't have to worry about like, I don't know the COVID. worst. Yeah. COVID anything like that. Even we have Hawaii is really strict with COVID over there. Right. The numbers are not bad. There's actually more people coming uh, and visiting. Um, but the numbers are actually been doing well the last couple of weeks. How do you guys feel about COVID? Are you scared of getting it? On the personal note, like both of us or Hawaii? No, personal. Uh, How do you personally feel about it? Are you scared of it? I wouldn't say I'm scared of it. I think I fall out of being aware of it sometimes. 
especially here it's like oh shit i forgot my mask or like uh i just rubbed my face with my hand you know and that's like not something you want to be doing <laughs> um are masks required I sneezed in, in public <laughs> like goddamn fuck how dare you sneeze uh take him to jail they, that's like how it is here in california right yeah they are required uh where we're at is pretty like everyone wears their mask you know and there's nothing like a problem uh usually if, when you're at the beach no one wears a mask which is interesting um but everyone's kind of keeps their distance but it's supposed to be like killed by daylight instantly yeah just like vampires yeah <laughs> i i think i think about it i think more about the social implications versus like the actual virus mm -hmm. i think people are getting more like they're having a harder time with like the fact that we don't we don't have this social side of our lives versus like them being scared of the virus it's like i feel lonely i feel like i can't you know i don't have any friends or stuff like that You're that kind of sound like an incel <laughs> uh so i think if anything there's the the lack of like community can be really impactful for people like just being able to talk to someone on a daily basis like you have to get on the phone you have to like pull up the video um to just like feel feel some connection so when you moved out there you had to be tested right before you went to hawaii uh actually me and Alyssa have not been tested yet what how does that work because i know even if people are just visiting hawaii they require uh, just to get on the plane we can't we moved before that ah, so, so what we did tested at all no i actually yeah. asked Alyssa that other day would you would you want to get tested and she's like no i don't want to get i don't if i don't have to get tested i'm not going to get tested <laughs> what, i don't want to go near them <laughs> <laughs> is that you'll be more vulnerable at the testing center than anywhere right? else yeah yeah, yeah. i just got tested uh, last friday and it's just drive through so there's uh -huh. none of that vulnerability you're just in your car mm -hmm. And honestly, like if it, I, I tested negative, but it was if it was positive, I'm like I'm not, I'm just not scared of it at all. I'm not in the age range mm -hmm. where it's gonna get me. I exercise, I eat healthy, I take my vitamin supplements. I mean, honestly, I'll just shake this thing off. I'm not really at at risk at mm -hmm. all. So I have no no fear of it. That being said, you know, I'll, I'll socially distance and wear my mask just to make others feel comfy yeah but like yeah i've just even right from the very beginning i was never really scared of this i guess what i'm trying to say is i have balls of steel mm. <laughs> so that's what I mm. well how about you Ariane? that's you how know? i heard it yeah yeah that's how you heard oh there you <laughs> <go>. <laughs> are you scared are you scared of like covid um like i said i think in the beginning i i'm more scared of only in this scenario that i'm in right now or the yeah, because situation you're living with your dad who has diabetes and yeah that i'm one of those few that like is cl really close to someone and i would hate like i i can handle myself and i've told this to my fiance a thousand times i can handle get, like getting sick myself like you said like okay I, I get sick i mean i've gotten sick before i i, I think i'll i would shake it off you know knock on wood uh but i i would have a hard time handling getting someone else sick that was in a really serious condition or if I, you know, for any re like, you know, I just got my dad like really like, you know, in a, in a tough place and he had to go to the hospital for whatever reason, because of his conditions. So I'm more, I, I'm just constantly like weary of like, if I 
like, and that's, you know, back into the gym thing. Like if I fire were to go back into an atmosphere like that and I train people in person, cause I can, I can do that here in Texas. That's a thing, you know, like gyms are open. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, am I risking like my family at this point? So, um, yeah, to answer your question, I guess in two ways, no, I'm not scared for myself. Yes. I am scared for people that I love that I, I'm around. Yeah, and then that's understandable. You have a responsibility mm-hmm. that's more than just yourself and your current living situation, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, I, I just, I've never had that. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah so. Basically imper- impervious to this whole COVID thing. Mm-hmm. But, um, you, what's up? I mean, if you guys, you know, you guys were the governors or the mayors, how would you have handled this? Because obviously here in California, I mean, everyone just hates you know these whole lockdown things and closing down restaurants because quite honestly there's no real science behind the way things have been handled at least here in california mm. more so than anything because in terms of you know i listen to a lot of joe rogan experience so uh, disclaimer he's in texas awesome <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah it is <laughs> no, but you know what i like about joe rogan's podcast is he has a bunch of like you know not just comedians not just mma fires but he mm-hmm. gets like legit scientists yeah on there too, right? And I said that. So, I mean, according to, you know, to all the facts and the evidence, outdoor dining doesn't really spread it at all. It's all indoor Mm -hmm. dining, but yet here, they still close down all the restaurants. Mm -hmm. Definitely gyms. They don't add to the problem either, but there's a lot of, you know. So there's just a lot of, I guess, sort of the word around draconian measures that have been put in place that are not really based on actual science or logic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. how would you guys have handled it let's say you're the governor of california or texas or hawaii how do you how I, do you tackle the problem i think i mean you said it with your answer it's you have to consider the science you know that's i think that's like the i'm more of a scientific person anyways like i i think you you understand the science and then you make the best decision and uh I think what they might be considering is like, like a breakout. Like, I think they're afraid that they're just going to like get worse all of a sudden because they changed like one thing or they didn't, they didn't have, or like, if I make this decision, how many people is it going to affect even as small as something as like indoor is not allowed or, no restaurants not allowed, like how that can impact. Like they seem like they're a little bit more on the safer side. If, if I were to read that, mm-hmm. I think if I were to actually understand it, I think I would just base my decision off of what feels right. So I don't know if I would go safer. I think I would be a little bit faster with the process, mm-hmm. be able to take a little bit more risk but not so much that it can affect larger numbers of people. Yeah. And that's the thing. I feel like if, I mean, if I were someone who was trying to instill, I don't know, guidelines or rules, I would just, I mean, you, you have personal freedom. Like if you don't want to go to this restaurant cause it's open, don't go to the restaurant, you know, like. You're sounding like a real Texan already. With <laughs> personal freedom. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but, and, and I, and I'm one that, you know, as you know, I choose not to go out and do these things or get a job in a gym because I have a risk at home. So you, I mean, you know, just cause I believe in that doesn't mean I'm going to go out and do this and go crazy. 
Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's really up to everyone out. No one's like coming into your house and, and, you know, if, if they open up society, someone's going to come in here and give me COVID, you know, it's like, dude, you, you got to go out to get it. So shit. I mean, uh, yeah, I think <laughs> it's just, it, it's a, it's a big, uh, I think it's a huge thing, especially being coaches. Um, I mean, there is the amount of, of science or statistics that are out there now that are showing that gyms don't add to the problem. However, people in politics just constantly, especially in California, are just like, you know, and they make a bunch of memes about it. So, so yeah, of course you're saying that with the nice home gym, you know, with all your money supporting your little home gym in your basement, like we're, we depend on this. I mean, coaches depend on maybe gyms for, for clients if they're working in a 24 hour scenario or something like that you know, and they can't transition to online. I'm, I'm really lucky. And so is miles to have clients that can do that, but not everyone is so lucky or they're just not comfortable. I, I can't train people online. I don't want to do it, you know? Um, so that's what I feel for those people that are like, I depend on a gym to make a living. And now I can't do that because my governor is deciding that, uh, our gyms are too liable. You know, you, do you guys believe that, you know, cause there is that line of thought where it's, it is just all political that because a lot of these places that have really been more strict with the close downs are run by democratic governors democratic mayors and they really just wanted to crash the economy as much as possible while trump was still in office and then once biden won and gets in everything starts getting reversed actually here in california it was just announced yeah, like Governor Newsom. Oh yeah, restaurants are going to open back up now. All mm -hmm. of a sudden, yeah, like 15, 17 percent or something like that. Yeah, do you do you believe that there was a political, you know, politics behind these things? To kind of in the efforts to do what? In the efforts to make sure that Biden gets in office, because mm -hmm. you know, if you're, if you're the Democrats, they 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 want Trump out of the office so bad. If things are going well during a pandemic and Trump's in office doesn't exactly help their case. Mm. I see what you're saying. And the funny thing is, is like, like I said, now all of a sudden that Biden is in office. I'm starting, I'm sounding like a real conspiracy theorist here. I feel like I'm on Joe Rogan right <laughs> now. I know, I know. <laughs> But He's like, is there are other fucking aliens or not? <laughs> there, there are aliens. I believe it is. No, but like you, you it is interesting timing. Now, all of a sudden, Governor Newsom, who's been against opening restaurants this whole time, and now mm -hmm. all of a sudden, he's, he's okay with it. <laughs> yeah. He had a talk in the back room with, yeah. with Biden. That's what happened. Yeah, yeah I think. They're like, bro, you I can't go to Napa like that anymore, okay? People are taking photos. <laughs> it is, I mean, I'd, I'd, I wouldn't, like me, I, I do believe there are political um, motives behind it because I, I wouldn't put it past political parties to do something like that. I think. I don't really have too much faith in politicians in general and seeing the way how um, the DNC screwed over Bernie twice. Now I'm not mm. getting really political. Yeah. You're and chopping right in. Yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> I just, I don't, I just don't put anything past them. And that makes perfect sense. And yeah. Do I mean, what do you guys think? Are you going to jump on board this conspiracy train? <laughs> uh, you want to go ahead? No, go ahead. Mr. Sanchez, um, I, I have a tough time. Like I honestly try to stay, um, as far away from politics and conspiracy as I can, just because 
I mean, it's impossible when you're presented all these scenarios to, to, you know, to, to go with any one of them. I think all of them, uh, if you're in that perspective and you're reframing and reconditioning yourself to think that that could be the story that could be the narrative. It sounds, you know, it's like, it's like watching a movie. That sounds that I'm, I'm seeing it from this character's view. I totally get it. Like I totally see it. So I, I think when I hear a bunch of things that make sense right there, uh, it, it's, it's, it's hard not to think a certain way, like, Oh, that, that would make sense for people that really want a, a bad guy out of office to do something like that if you know if there's enough strategy involved in something like that and everyone's on board um but it it, it also I, I i could we could never actually know i feel like you know it's always going to be something that just is like i wonder if that really did go down i really i wonder if there is a story behind this i wonder if there is a there was an agenda um so it, it's hard for me to say i i can't officially you know say that I know that, that, that this happened, but like you're saying, it, it sounds, I mean, it's, it, it would, it could make sense, you know? Okay. I'm going to put you on the spot right now. Mm-hmm. If you had mm-hmm. to bet money one way or the other, which way are you betting? <laughs> Get off that <laughs> I'm sounding like a total conspiracy nut and as if I pay attention to this. I really, honestly, I don't pay attention to any of this mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, if I listen to Joe Rogan experience, they, they talk about it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I have a friend who owns a restaurant. So on Instagram, her Instagram story, she put up that notice from Governor Newsom. Hey, restaurants are going to open back up. Mm-hmm. Again, all of a sudden. So I really, I don't pay attention to politics at all. I don't watch mm-hmm. the news. So I think it's, uh, I think news is just depressing. Quite yeah. honestly, and I had never played. It's all just ratings based. You yep. know, their their motives are not pure. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, I can agree on that for sure. Um, yeah, yeah so I, if you I, had to bet money one way or another, what are you betting uh, on? Shit, I mean, I I I feel like because I'm in the industry that I am in, and the way that I I always strive to think, my better self would say, hopefully, people wouldn't do that to to other people. So I I bet I bet against okay. it. But okay. um, yeah, there is a. I'm always you know, I'm a skeptic in, in a lot of ways. So, but if you're, if you're making me choose, put my, uh, money on, <laughs> put my money on it. <laughs> and how about you, Miles? If you had, you're going to bet one way or the other. What is I, I would, I would probably do the same, you know? Oh, you guys, you guys are so positive. You make me it's, sick. It's okay. You make me yeah. sick with your positivity. <laughs> I, I think, I think from a logical perspective, I feel like there's just so much barrier or variance to their what's going on. And I think it, it could be perceived in many ways. And uh, I think you would need to take that on as like a, a full-time job to actually make a difference in that effort in order to like, I don't know, have your voice be heard because yeah, maybe I don't, I don't know every ins and outs or I'm not, it's not in my perspective that this is happening. So it would be like, it wouldn't make me feel safe to comment on it because I don't have all the information. And I think that's, I think that's just how my brain podcast, right? It's commenting on things when you don't have all the information. <laughs> yeah. And, I, and that's why we're doing it. We're practicing, <laughs> uh, ex, uh, sharing our opinion. Well, yeah, and, I'll tell uh, you why I, I bet the other way is because there were these two restaurant owners from LA that were on Joe Rogan's podcast. 
I saw that one. And you saw that one. So you know what I'm yeah. talking about, where they're literally trying to communicate with the governor. Hey, let's just, let's work something else. Let's just let's work out some like common sense rules based off of mm -hmm. evidence and no responses from the government, the governor's office at all. And then the mm -hmm. mayor of LA was even essentially doing a witch hunt against one of them because they were speaking out where the health mm -hmm. inspector was showing up every single night, even though they've already passed everything. It's like, hey, don't you have other restaurants, you know, to inspect? It was like, oh, sorry, direct orders. I, have, I need to go here every <laughs> single night. So, and then, you know, there are governors, I can't remember the other states where they've been caught on camera where they didn't think it was recording, talking about, uh, you don't really need to wear masks or this is just political theater mm -hmm. and things like that. Mm -hmm. So to me, it's like, I'm not... I guess my faith in politicians is low to begin with. My, my motto in life is to build a life for yourself where it's just not affected by whoever's in office. Right? Mm. You want to get to the point where the whims of politicians don't affect you at all. Mm. Independently wealthy. And yeah, I guess I'm just skeptical about politicians in general. Let, let's, let's ride this out. Cause yeah. I think there's something. Yeah, let's ride it out. There you go. I, I think there's something that I want to ask you. Um, but I, I do appreciate your your wanting to talk about this um or feeling to talk about it what do you think the the future is going to be like for the restaurant industry what do you think is going to happen now if you if you all the information you know what's what's your kind of uh thing that you vision i think it's it's i mean those that are still around are going to get through it but something, something like they say, like 60 to 70% of businesses have already closed down because things have been closed for nine months. Mm -hmm. So those that are still around are probably going to survive it. Yeah. People love eating out, even though it's just delivery. Uh, I mean, their profit margins are really low unless they, because I didn't, I didn't know this. Apparently, like DoorDash, Grubhub, they take a big cut from restaurants. I'm like 30%. I, I heard that. Yeah. So, you know, their profit margins, they're, they're probably just skating by or a little bit on, in the red still mm -hmm. right now, even if they are busy just with DoorDash or Grubhub. I think, I think restaurants are not going to, in general, restaurants are, are going to be okay in the long run. I think that's just a part of <clears throat> life. It's almost kind of a necessity. It's just kind of a given. People love mm -hmm. restaurants. Mm -hmm. people love to eat out movie theaters uh, that i'm not sure about fuck dude don't mention movie theaters yeah. make me depressed. <laughs> i that, love movies uh, uh, that i'm really not sure about i don't know if, i mean do you guys think people ever get over the fact of being in an enclosed space again with a bunch of people that's a good one actually i don't know if i don't know if i don't know if things go back to normal anymore <laughs> in regards to something like that yeah Right. Because mm -hmm. it's still going to be a thing. I mean, I guess the vaccine kind of erases or uh, makes you a little bit more easy with the fact that, like, hopefully my immune system, just like any other flu, will just like beat it out and just become this common thing, you know. Um, but that is a good question. Like, does life like does it, it, it's a scarring experience, like what we went through for a year of just like stay the you know fuck away from me. Don't touch shit around me. Like, I, I remember like <laughs> like touching avocados to feel an avocado and just getting like just like you don't have to touch every fucking you know it's just like you know like people ch people change when they're threatened we see that all the time in everyday life in like road rage cars whatever but this has made an imprint and i think that it's going to be a hard thing to uh retrain how we how we go back out and and 
talk to people and how close do we get? Do we, is a handshake going to be a thing that is going to be a part of our future? <laughs> you know, a hug. So Yeah, that's, that's the weird thing is I was, I was scouting um, a location for another one of my hanging with Mike shoots. I'm going to shoot this, um, this woman in Santa Rosa. She's kind of become a local celebrity there. She's a chef. And, you know, I just tested negative. I mean, she's totally cool with it. And I was saying goodbye to her. And like, we were, we were really cool. And I just noticed I just walked away, you know, didn't, didn't shake a hand or anything or didn't hook her like I normally It's weird. It felt, it felt disrespectful because, you know, mm -hmm. it was like I just spent an hour and a half with her having a great time and they just walk away, mm -hmm. right? I actually turned around and gave her a hug because it just like I couldn't turn that part off of me where... No, nah, it just doesn't feel right. And I know I'm negative anyway. Mm -hmm. And, you know, going through that where I'm not really afraid of it. If I do get it, I don't have mm -hmm. someone who's at risk living at home. So it's like I, I went back, you know, for the hug. Mm -hmm. But I do, I don't, I don't know. Do you guys think it ever gets back to normal? I was thinking I was going to say this, but yeah. I think uh, things aren't going to be the same. And, I think it would be nice if people can start, well, yeah, people would start to notice that, you know, like at least in my opinion, I think it's that things need to change even from like the systems that are in place. So like things like the restaurant thing doesn't happen again. You know, it's like there's a something that has never happened in our lifetime happening and people are getting the short ends of the sticks. I think if we can future proof ourselves in the future where like things like this don't, I don't know, you're not going to be perfect, but things like this where everyone can be heard and get what they need uh, on a basic level and be able to sustain it because there's people that haven't been paid for a year mm -hmm. are still unemployed. There's people yeah. that have like, anxiety leaving the house like panic attacks like those things are actually like everyone's going through this like trauma right now uh this community trauma everyone's experiencing covid in in some type of way so i think it's like how can we create a new uh way as we go as as like nudging us in a way of making effective change from, from the top. I feel like. Did you guys watch social dilemma on Netflix? Yeah, that's, that's a good conversation. <laughs> no, because I mean, I, I've never, obviously I share my memes on Instagram and everything, <laughs> that, but other than uh, I would say YouTube is the only one that I really consume. I like watching basketball highlights. I'm Same. a basketball guy you know, and podcast on there, but like Facebook, I don't really interact on it at all. But after watching Social Dilemma, it's like, ooh, Facebook's a problem. Mm. Yeah, that's I, like when they said it's imagine it's if it's like you go on Wikipedia to look up a word and then depending on where you're at or where you're from, what your beliefs are, it brings up a different definition. That's a problem. That's bad. <clears throat> mm. So that's why, like, I don't know if things get back to normal because it's kind of the genie's out of the ball thing, right? Because a lot of what drives the mania is misinformation. Yeah. 
mean, mm-hmm. we see that a lot of, during COVID. I feel like a lot of misinformation, people just creating information. You know? Yeah, right. So, mm-hmm. so I don't know if I don't know if it ever you, you you can't take that back anymore. Yeah. It's like, I'm starting to sound like a real pessimist. <laughs> I'm really, I have a, a really I have a question. easy going guy, you know. I'm really, generally really positive. I don't like negativity, but I do believe in seeing things for how they are, not how I want them to be. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, mm-hmm. so you notice the dilemma that we have with society uh-huh. with like the technology and stuff. What what makes you show up and then create content for people to take that in like what do you ever feel like you're doing something wrong or you're you're telling miss you're saying information that's not true do you do you feel like your content is like valuable in that sense where you don't have that yeah i don't think um because you know we do weekly vlogs it definitely we don't really put out any information there other than hey here's what our goals were this week and how we did and then you see a slice of life of what we're up to during the week so we don't really fall under that credit category. Maybe as I do more of the Hanging with Mike podcasts, it might. But you know, I would have to grow really big, and it would be fantastic if I did in order to have like that kind of responsibility. Because you know, I talk shit unapologetically. <laughs> and yeah, I don't, I don't know everything, but you know, um, so 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 what? Uh, I just it's obvious I'm talking shit. Mm-hmm. And even if I don't know everything, I'm not an expert. I'll say I'm not an expert. And I don't know everything, but I'll continue to talk shit, you know, under that pretext. And if you take it seriously, well, that's really kind of on you that, you know, I guess life is too short for haters. Mm-hmm. To be perfectly honest. You really just got to do your thing. And, you know, it's all about the, your 1000 true followers, right? You guys know, you guys know that concept. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's really what it's all about. And, you know, I'll just. You can share it. You can, you can explain it. Well, yeah, I think it was um, Kevin Kelly, right? Was the one who wrote it. It was an article that for creatives, um, especially, you don't really need, you know, a million fans in order to make a living. We're not talking about, you know, being filthy rich. We're just talking about being comfy and being successful. Mm-hmm. All you really need is 1,000 true fans who are basically, you know, they love your stuff so much. They love you so much that. They're essentially, you know, your disciples. They'll buy everything you put out. They'll spread the word for you, things like that. And so for me, my only concern is really getting to that 1,000 true fans. And the only way I'm going to get those true fans is by being myself Mm -hmm. and not trying to put something out that's not me. Mm -hmm. Right? That was the problem with my whole Red Sea visuals thing. I was doing this, you know, content marketing thing based on all this research, not based on who I was. Mm Right. So yeah, to me, I guess I really haters just don't affect me. There's never been and I used to be a like a professional stage actor too. So like criticism just never just never really affected me. There's just mm-hmm. that's never been my mindset. I know yeah. some people are really sensitive to it, but those people are pussies. So <laughs> I mean the nature of a hater is what someone who's already is gonna be naturally unchanged um or opposing your perspective yeah, exactly. so you it's can't like do why anything they change their minds why yeah are you gonna, why try why, are you gonna, why try mm-hmm. exactly right i mean that's probably why trump just stuck to his base right he's never gonna win the other side 
mm-hmm. which is what made Bill Clinton interesting is he his belief was no you can get 100% of the people and that's how he tried mm-hmm. you can get 100% of the girls too whether they look good or not so <laughs> <laughs> ruthless <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh can i say it but yeah i just i know this is, do haters bother you guys at all? i don't know how much you know i mean it affects you i don't know how like active you guys are like online in terms of putting cotton out things like that but does that affect you guys would it yeah. hurt your feelings for someone to be hating on you commenting on your podcast uh, these guys uh, they fucking suck <laughs> oh, god boring <laughs> <laughs> Well, to be to be completely honest, uh, to be on the other side of that, like I've been, I think I've dealt with like bullying as a child, you know. So I'm a little bit more accepted. Like it's in my rear view, my it's in my head that I might be uh, um, getting getting picked on, or or like maybe I'm a little sensitive, and that's just kind of like getting to know that more as I get older. Um, but on the, on the flip side, um, I'm trying to create pathways where I can show up like myself and be myself. And I think like this podcast has been something that has helped me be a little bit more, um, accepting or like putting myself out there in a different way. Um, and then also I'm, I started doing streaming, so gaming and stuff like that. I don't know if you're doing it. You, you mentioned OBS earlier, um, but so OBS I just use to capture like things like this because uh-huh. of, um, not to hijack your your thoughts here real quick, but then because of COVID, you know, doing these hanging with Mike podcasts where I actually I shoot an intro and everything, it's kind of difficult to find people who are willing. Because mm-hmm. right? you know, people are scared, so like Zoom is kind of just something that I started. I have to explore and then I started exploring, okay, how can I actually get better production value from Zoom? Mm-hmm. And that's why I went down the whole OBS route. But anyway, mm-hmm. we'll yeah. continue speaking. <laughs> uh, um, what was I saying? Oh, you're talking about how Twitch. Uh, Twitch. Twitch. Oh, yes, so yeah, like Twitch. I think, I think it's um, like, it's a gaming community. It's kind of like that online community. Um, I, th- I feel like I'm a gamer at heart. Like, I, I feel like that's something that gamers are doing. Maybe I can meet other gamers. Um, and it, it, it seems like it could be fun, like just having the process and stuff like that. And um, creating an audience, I think, is it it's becomes more appealing. Uh, like the stories that you just shared with a thousand. Like, if I were to just like get the people that actually like, like me you know there's people that aren't gonna like me but if if i put myself out there and there's an opportunity for one person to like appreciate what i'm doing and there might be like 10 other people that are like this guy's an idiot like what is he doing and then being okay with that is it's not easy for everyone but i think once you build that that skin that confidence that perspective it's like you're actually doing like something that's super, um, super authentic because you have to be yourself. The amount of time that you you have to create something and like, and make it like, it has to come from somewhere um, that is you. And so 
I think just practicing, you know, this, um, working on content in, in certain ways, it's, it's getting me closer to who I really want to be. Um, and then just kind of constantly just working that in, trying to need it in, trying to be like, yeah, that's, that's really what I want. Um, so that's kind of what I'm doing on the internet. I still have the, cl- the clients, um, that I'm working with closely, but yeah, it's just, you know, just trying to come through authentically authentic to myself, because I think what you were saying earlier, it's like, it's our opportunity to like live our, our, our best experience, um, through life kind of thing is how close can we get to like what we actually really want and need. Have you started streaming? Cause I remember I you were going to do it, but has it, has it started already? Yeah. So I'm, I'm like playing around with it. I don't have a schedule right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been kind of just like jumping on, but I think that's like the next building block is like getting a little bit more just like getting some time so people can expect um, when I'm on so they can come and watch. What what games are you playing? What are, what are you, you going <laughs> to be streaming? Uh, I'm a first person shooter guy. Okay. So I yeah, like that stuff of the gaming world basically. Right. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm open to like, playing other games like it's i think it's it's actually enjoyable to like explore um explore different things what but, first person uh, shooter are you playing apex apex legends oh. i'm gonna <laughs> get into first person shooters I, I need to see my character yeah what's what's your game um let's see i'm, I'm actually just replaying arkham knight right now i just got the the big bundle on steam where it includes all the dlc and i'm a big i'm a batman fanatic mm. my avengers poster doesn't really show up today. <laughs> if i had to turn around you'd see batman um i'm kind of i'm the kind of person that i tend to i don't really tend to play new games too much i tend i like to wait about yeah. a year for the game of the year versions to come out and then, you know, when I play a game and I really enjoy it, I tend to play it again and again and again, which is something I'm trying to get out of, actually. Mm. I'm trying because uh, something that um, Joe, the one who was on my last Hangover My podcast, I mentioned it there. He He's just so disciplined about when he, once he plays one game, he moves on to the next. Once he reads one book, he moves on to the next because he wants to experience a lot of different things and that feeds his creativity. So I'm trying to instill a little bit of that in my life because I am the kind of guy that once I like something, like especially at a restaurant, once once I find that one order that I really enjoy, mm-hmm. uh, you can I'm gonna be ordering that thing every single time. Mm-hmm. You know, but I, so I'm trying to grow out of that a mm-hmm. little bit too. And then that's something the whole taco tours thing with my buddy Sam kind of opened my eyes to that too. Is, you know, if not for the Taco Tours video series, I never would have tried out so many tacos at so many different places. I would have found the one that I like that's close by my place, and that would have been it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Because of that, though, you know, I discovered so many great tacos all over the place. And I was like, oh, you know what? Maybe, maybe I should do that with the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Except for variety. When it comes to relationships, I'm committed. <laughs> that's no the one variety taco you with go the back women. To. <laughs> A variety is the spice of life. No, I, ha- I have my fun time with that too. Uh-huh. 
But yeah, that, we might have to save that one for another yeah, episode. No, no, I'm not, yeah, that's going to be in the OnlyFans page right there. <laughs> you guys Private access. Get the subscribe for that one. Yeah, so <laughs> I know, so we, we, we were supposed to talk, Miles, about um because you know we're going to get you on Hangout with Mike, right? And the, the challenge here is, okay, how do we get a cinematic video intro for someone who's in Hawaii? Yeah. And I'm over here. That's That's the challenge right there. Mm. Right. So, would you say your most what like if what defines you these days? Then would it, would it be what? the video games and the Twitch thing? That's really where you're heading. Ooh, good question. Uh, I don't think it's like I'm switching over, and I'm mm-hmm. gonna become less like full time content creator type thing. I think I still like, like, like one-on-one, you know, work. Um, but I, 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 the reason why I'm starting the stream is because I noticed that like, there's this stigma with like gamers and like, and their health and, and taking care of themselves and like the mental health kind of hurdles that we all kind of experience. I mean, you were just talking about one of them, like, just the the fact that like you're playing you know one game and you're like i don't really want to continue to play this game but like i'm going to keep on doing it and like trying to break that like that mental connection and and have more variety i think those are those are cool things to like uh help people with because it could be anything it could anything could change that um but what was I saying before that? Lost my train well, of thought. I was just asking because, you know, the way the intros work for, you know, hanging with Mike is I generally try to capture whatever it is that defines that person or whatever it is mm, like they're, they're passionate about, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, the challenge would be here is, okay, he's in Hawaii. I'm over here in the Bay Area. Well, how, how the hell do I do an <laughs> intro for you? Let's do a cartoon. Yeah, that's just an idea. I mean, yeah, throw throughout those ideas, guys. I mean, let's consider this a brainstorm. Actually, out of I'm gonna get you on it too. Do you, would you do both <laughs> of us at the same time? Um, it depends. Or... I mean, I I kind of want to do a one on one, and then later down the road, you know, could do another thing where both of you are on the same. But yeah, animation's a it's a good way to go. I'm not an animator though, so that's the problem is to getting unless you're good at drawing are you good at drawing uh, no i was thinking more like fiber type thing but uh, that's gonna cost money but it's, a, it's an interesting way to go maybe i can i can rope my wife into getting maybe there's someone out there listening <laughs> maybe there's someone listening <laughs> yeah <laughs> i know it's like i mean it would be the same for you Arian, right if I, if I would do one of you you're out in texas how do mm-hmm. we make a cinematic intro for you yeah, that's hard. Um, shoot, I, 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 I can't even begin to, to think about it. I feel like it's just, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's... That's very ambitious, I would say. But the thing is, if, you know, if, you, if, we, if I could figure this out, it basically opens up anyone to be a guest, mm-hmm. you know, and hanging mm-hmm. the mic at this time then, right? That really feeds me too, but that's... Yeah. It's, it's, a, tough, it's a tough riddle to solve. Yeah. I mean, it'd be easy if, 
you know, I wasn't doing the whole cinematic intro thing, but that's kind of the whole point of me doing Hang Out with Mike is, yeah, that's my take, cinematic intro and a podcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if it presents a challenge and you get to, and you kind of love like a puzzle like that, it could, you know, unlock some things. Like you said, it, it kind of, once you get over that hurdle once, you know how to do it again. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to, I'm trying to not let hurdles like that stop me. You know, mm-hmm. it's easy to, to use it as an excuse, especially because it's legitimate. Mm-hmm. But you know, there's always where there's a will, there's a way. It might not be exactly how you want it, but what's more important is just to keep making that content and keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. Right? It doesn't have to be perfect right out of the gate. You know, it's it's something that um I really. You know, I've kind of learned the hard way over the years because I'm a bit of a, of a perfectionist with my videos, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, so oftentimes that would stop me from uh, seizing certain opportunities because I just feel like, oh, you know what, there's just not enough time to do it in the way that I would be happy with it. Mm-hmm. Or there, are there some sort of, you know, barriers that would prevent me from doing it the way I'd be happy with it? And, you know, each time it was probably a mistake to pass it up because you just think of, the growth that would have come from just doing it, right? Not just mm-hmm. growth in terms of personal growth of skill set, but growth in terms of your audience too. Is you just got to keep making stuff and putting it out there, mm-hmm. keep moving forward. So it's really more what? because of that that I want to try to figure something out because you can't you can't stop the train. You got to keep going because the only way your true followers are going to find you is you keep. You have to be consistently present out mm-hmm. there for them to to find you. If you're not consistent. It just becomes too hard to find you online. Have you have you um, met any of your your followers and like have I don't know, kind of this like relationship at all? No, I don't think uh, you know. Like the the YouTube channel has grown enough to that point. I think we're only at seventy three subscribers, which actually I'm very proud of mm. that number because that's. 73 subscribers it's just all organic growth you know i then slide into people's dms begging them you know to subscribe to the youtube channel things like that it's just little by little every week it's you know it's continually growing so you know i'm very proud of that it means you know we're on to something it's heading in the right direction mm-hmm. uh, just you know how do we speed up that mm-hmm. growth is the question but uh, i don't know i guess it grows at whatever speed that it does Mm-hmm. can't really expect too much but you shouldn't let that stop you from trying to improve on it what's what's your uh your top video like what's something that they really gravitated towards uh what's probably the second hanging with mike um podcast is because i created a really special intro for that one it was the one where i was talking with my younger cousin about turning 40 so for the intro we did kind of like this cheesy um sitcom style mm-hmm. intro like inspired by full house right mm-hmm. And then to shoot that one, I bought on a few collaborators too. So, you know, they were excited about it. So, of course, they shared it as well. And it turned out really well. It was really fun. So that's probably the one that's hit the most in terms of the podcast, in terms of the weekly vlog. That one's a little bit more interesting because if you think about it, essentially, the, the content's almost the same every week, at least the format, right? Here's our goals for the week. Here's our slice of life during the week. Here's what we did. And then here's a wrap-up of the goals and how it went. But yet the views for that thing, man, it's just it's like a roller coaster. It's just no mm. real consistency. The, the most popular one so far, that one was 
I believe the one where the thumbnail and the title was uh, my wife's secrets for not taking showers or something, <laughs> just something ridiculous like that. And yeah, that really can't really figure out what's going on with the views there. But when I did my research in terms of growing, you know, your YouTube following, all the successful YouTubers, what they all say is don't even pay attention to the views. And you just, you just got to keep doing your thing, consistently show up. Don't just be consistent with how often you put out content, but be consistent with the type of content you're putting out so that people know what to expect, right? So that way they can actually become a real fan of yours, something that they're going to turn to you and don't even worry about the views. So I really, as much as possible, I try not to look at the views, mm-hmm. especially at this point, because it can be depressing and, you know, when the numbers are so low, but you know, people like, I don't know if you guys follow Gary Vaynerchuk mm-hmm. at all, but he talks about it all the time. You know, he was putting out this in like 30 minute YouTube series about wine for 18 months where no one was watching. I didn't look where he is now. Right? You just can't stop. Mm-hmm. And you got to keep going because even if you don't, I mean, you might not even end up continuing to do exactly what it is you're doing now, but because you didn't stop, you found something else, right? It'll mm-hmm. evolve. Mm-hmm. But the only way to keep going forward is to actually do it. I'm, mm-hmm. a, I'm a big believer in action over theory, mm-hmm. action over philosophy. And just like Nike, I guess Nike's branding really imprinted <laughs> on my, my brain. Like just so, are you wearing Nikes right now? Toyota, <laughs> <laughs> Nike. I know. What's yeah. going on here? <laughs> yeah, that would be great if I was sponsored. <laughs> I, I just, I've always. I've always kind of believed that the best way to learn is by doing. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, I put much more stock into action than into words. Yeah, I think I think what we've been talking about is like hitting that on the head of like this idea of not letting the external world, like the views, kind of affect like what you're actually putting out there. Like it, it's so. Uh, it's so you it's not anything outside that's kind of influencing you mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I mean, like, like we talked about and the people who dig it will flock to you either way and the people who don't dig it you're never going to get them to begin with mm-hmm. and you don't want to do what it takes to get them because it's not going to be you and it's going to feel like a struggle mm-hmm. right actually you yeah. never answered that Adrian. i mean do you get affected by haters at all or you know criticisms um i have never experienced a hater in the generic sense i guess Mm -hmm. that we're talking about it because how about just criticism in general though like you know someone says something definitely about you um i yeah it's i guess it's affected me in some ways um it affected me enough to think about it i mean that's like i guess like one thing you know i i feel like i've heard from like even someone like joe rogan who has you know all of these followers it's like almost crazy um, he's like, dudes, I still put shit out and drop my phone on its face and just don't look at it because I just don't want to, you know, because if I, if you can, anybody that has feelings that is human or has emotions, it's like someone's saying this bad thing about me. They're targeting me and saying, and if you don't know where it's coming from, if you don't know that in reality, you know, the way that you should frame it is that maybe they're unhappy and they're, you know, furthering that, then you can totally think like, is it, is, am I the fucking problem? You know? Mm-hmm. am i is it something i am i do i really suck i must suck you know like mm-hmm. um so it is uh yeah i've definitely thought things like that but more recently i feel like kind of aligning with i guess what you said a little bit and what miles has said is that 
you get to know yourself a little bit more. And then you realize that like when you're putting yourself out there, it's almost like, well, this is what I would be doing if no one was watching me. So if you don't like it, I mean, you know, the door is right over there. Uh, so, you know, it's just like, I'm not making you be here. You, you click something and click something else and got to me and you're watching this and that's your opinion. So, yeah, I would say that, you know, I, I go through a thought, I go through a thought process, but in the end, I always come back to the same answer, which is like, I'm doing what I want to do and, uh, mm. it's good enough for me. I like the door quote. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a good thing you guys are recording it then. Mm-hmm. How, how much rejection have you guys experienced in your life? Because it's to me, it's connected because I experienced a lot and that's what gave me the thick skin. Yeah. Say that, say that again. Is it how much rejection have you experienced in your life? Mm-hmm. A lot. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say something. <laughs> so that must a be lot. really tough for you then, Miles, because as you were saying earlier, you're fairly sensitive right and going through a lot of rejection Ooh, i must have really hurt yeah i mean i think definitely i mean just being able to like talk about and be vulnerable has been better a better place for me um but like my childhood i think i was i was pretty abused (laughs) abused bullied you said right bullied uh I mean, yeah, so I think um, now knowing as I'm getting older, like a lot of the things that I feel in the in reality uh, could be transcending from like what happened before. So I just kind of been practicing to just kind of cutting, cutting away from that and letting that live over there um, in that that child that was hurt and stuff like that but still honor the fact of like who I am today like I know that I've been through a lot I probably haven't shared half the stories to either on the podcast or I think I have a lot to share Um, but it's it's kind of like how vulnerable can I be and that's that's something that I I feel like I'm getting better at well, I know you said you kind of just want to leave that over there in your childhood, but let's bring it up. <laughs> what were you, I'm just curious, what were you bullied about? Why were you bullied? Um, it, it first started when I was younger, uh, like elementary. And I think it really started with kind of like how smart I was or like I was a little bit slower. Um, I, I was... I was Cuban and Puerto Rican. My, my, my first actual language that I learned was Spanish, but I never like, it never stuck because I had to learn how to speak English. And so like, even like things like reading or writing or like having this, this social interaction with someone, um, I was probably awkward. I was probably really self-conscious about my body and way that it looks. Oh, even uh, at be, a young age, huh? Yeah. Like getting made fun of and like, you know, in where these these kids are like, you think about it now, it's like a 10-year-old. I look at a 10-year-old and today and I'm like, oh man, like 
I wonder what they're doing at school. <laughs> you know what I mean? They look so innocent. Um, but I think, yeah. So early on it was like, am I, can I actually like had a lot of special ed classes that I, you know, and I got pulled out from that. Um, I was quiet. Yeah. Oh, yeah I, like a perfect storm of circumstances. It sounds like <laughs> being bullied. Yeah. And then a gauntlet. <laughs> I mean, if you really, if you've done the work uh, and you understand these types of like deep trauma stuff, yeah, it's pretty trauma. It's, it is. It, it has a, a big impact on you. And I think something that I've starting to like appreciate more is like everyone has their story on like a different level. Everyone knows that everyone knows they're different, but uh if you really get to know someone like people everyone's been through some shit it doesn't make me a better person or a different person um it's just it's it's just can you bring it up can you hold a space for it can you put it away that that trauma can you not let it affect you now um and it's not easy and uh that's the second time you've said that saying hold a space for you. You're talking about holding a space for clients. What does that mean exactly? Is that a, is that a brain-centered coaching? Like I don't, I've been phase? using that word a lot. I, th I think it's a perfect example of what, what uh, you know, helps someone grow is it's not you're, you're pulling at them. You're not you're not squishing them. You're not making them small. You're not making them big. You're like taking them for who they are right now and being able to like hold space for that person, not get too close, not get too far away. Let them be at the center of their space and yeah, guide them, support them. Uh, I mean, once you start building uh, more trust, you know, you, you have conversations, you, you you let them kind of take the steps in the, in the right direction in whatever direction they feel for and i feel like i never did that for myself you know i never felt like i had the space because of maybe my my child my mother my dad i was always never being heard or felt and i was making myself smaller so like if I go through life making myself feel small all the time, uh, that can that can influence other areas of my life, like my work. Like I can't be small and not have an opinion or or share my thoughts or or in a relationship. Like I can't come to a relationship and be this small thing. Um so it's kind of like get noticing that maybe I need to create a better environment and space for the individual and then being able to still like help people. Um, and instead of like, I tend to like take people's pain and I think I'm really good at it. So like I, I will fix any problem that you have because I know how to do it, but I don't want to be the person that people just come to me and be like, fix me and then and then it doesn't really do anything it might fix them like maybe right then but it's not like 
the actual work that people should be trying to gravitate towards is like how can uh i create um yourself to be very self-reliant on like your health your your wellness because i again i'm not i'm not getting closer to them i'm just holding a space for them like it has nothing to do with me it's all about them that's interesting arian when he said that did you understand right away what he was talking about hold your hold the space for people we've we've had conversations about um holding space and and how we define something like that and even outside of the podcast like we do you know we're all obviously connected so we're you know we pass off uh, thoughts and and influences and stuff like that and um so that that's that's a, a term that i've heard and i've um read about and mm -hmm. i try to embody in some way shape or form when i'm thinking about my relationship or my or coaching more of more of my experience now is less about like getting them to move because i know how to do how to do that and i've been doing it for so long but really how to like you know they're a person you know so they they come to my session with their humanity and it's like how can i navigate that too so holding space is something that yeah i've been a little bit more aware of recently um but if if i wasn't maybe in this space i wouldn't even know i probably wouldn't have known really what that meant I can only imagine, like, if I was, say, a new client of yours, I think I would be thrown for, I would be really confused working with you guys because you guys wouldn't be what I would expect, you know, from a typical trainer, right? Mm -hmm. Do you guys, and I was kind of turning to my podcast and asking the question. It's a two-way highway. You guys <laughs> experience resistance because of that, because you have such a different take on it or people don't expect because people expect this okay here's your program come on push it another rep come on uh i think it's it's back to the point of you know where you're getting your information from it's like you know we have society telling us how we should do things and what the things that we actually need you know when they come to us and they think you know i need weight loss you know, and it might be something totally different. Maybe it's, that's just like an output of how they feel. Um, but it's not really addressing kind of deeper, deeper things. Um, so if someone comes to me, you know, I'm, I, I think I'm honest with them. I think, you know, I think my price, my rate is it kind of weeds people out, but, um, yeah, it's, 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 you know, you get, you get different inquiries, you know, and there's people that can do those things for people. It's just, maybe I'm not that guy, you know, the door's right there. <laughs> like maybe this isn't the type of work you need. And you, you kind of, you have to be okay with that. There's cause there's people that don't have this conversation. Like what does my feelings have to do with how I move my knee or like, why do my eyes have to do with my movement or how you're inter, I mean, I can get really scientific here, but like how you're like, your threat is impacting your stress. And that's probably why you're not sleeping and 
that's why you can't, that's why you feel bad to, you're not going to the gym today because your body's trying to tell you one thing and your, your expectations are telling you another thing. How do I navigate that? Like, do I just continue to just show up at the gym and, and beat myself up and hope that I get to where I want to be, but I don't really know where I really want to be. Like, those are the things that people go through in the moment of like trying to help, help themselves. Like they, there's a lot that you can learn and uh, coaching and holding space is like, it, it propels that time. It, it's again, has to do with time. Like, are you willing to put in the time and be consistent on attending to yourself? Do you need support? Get some support. Like it's that, I feel like it's that it's, that's what we do. We, we, we support the person that is trying to kind of uh, figure things out because a lot of time people don't know what they want when they come see me, you know, it's just kind of a stab in the dark. Um, what do you think? Ariane? Um, I, I'd have to agree. I mean, I came into this, uh, realm of things later than, uh, Miles had. He, he, he really introduced me to, um, neurology and, um, and the bigger picture or, or, or that's what I call it now. Um, because I feel like most coaches are just very, like they're hyper-focused and they're zoomed in on a very narrow part of, of humanity. Um, and like focusing on like it's almost like a magician. Like you're focusing on like, uh, on like this thing over here because it look, there's a lot of movement and it's very eye catching, but it's like, what is, what is back here that's actually happening? So that's how I view neurology. Um, and, and what we do, which is like, I'm okay. I'm going to, I'm not going to be drawn towards the, the, uh, the, the eye catching element. I'm going to look at like, what's actually like, what are the, the strings that are being pulled back here? Um, and most people, when they come to us, like he said, don't even realize that there are strings. They're just like, no, I, I think it's just all this stuff I need to figure out. Like, can you teach me to like do this again? And, and it really just is back here behind them where they can't see it. It's out of their view. So um, I think it's approaching them saying that there is a, a spectrum and, and then they take it for what it is. If they're, if they're, if, if depending on the person, if they have a narrow focus, then they're going to be like, you know what? I, uh, this is like, it's a little too much for me. You know, I, I think I do want that, that coach is just going to tell me to get another rep in. So that's up to them. I, I don't push, you know, and uh, I think the right coach doesn't like corner someone into like training with them or doing something with them. Both are needed. Yeah. Both are needed. Definitely. Have you noticed that, like I mentioned earlier, when I was a trainer for some reason, I did really well with one. We were like 30 to 30 probably like 38, do you notice certain trends for you guys? Like all your clients tend to fit in this demographic. Uh, I think mine are just like super overwhelmed, worked, worked hard, like, like exec type kind of stuff where it's like they, their plate is like full and they have like six plates, you know, it's like, um, that's a good niche to have execs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm lucky. I mean, I'm glad that I got to meet the right people, 
but I just feel like it's, yeah, it's pretty intense and it's like trying to bring the human back into their lives. Cause I think that's what they lose is because they, they get sucked into a lot of different things and then they, they're left feeling unhappy or like, you know, that purpose and that, you know, that drive and all that stuff. And then along the way, they, they lose a sense of their, their body, you know, uh, they might be in pain, they might be not sleeping well, they might be, you know, dealing with a lot of, you know, outside stress. And uh, I really take that time, that hour that I have with them and really try to help and like, get them to a better place wherever they start, you know, so it not one session is going to be the same. It's more of like, let's, let's attend to the person that actually walked through the door today. Um, and let's see. In your that case, we, just happens to be a CEO. Yeah. Just to see it. But I mean, I've worked with a lot of kids in the past. I, I think I, I would enjoy that. I, I also looking for other outlets with some of my time. Um, so yeah, I think with the whole gaming thing I was talking about, it's, yeah, it'd be nice to like share the stuff that I been through and the knowledge of like movement and how we can connect to our bodies better and our brains and share that with people that stare at screens for hours playing video games. So how do you, how do you do that through gaming? Uh, I've been thinking about it. I think there's this concept of like, breaks that i mean it's nothing fancy or new like everyone knows what a break is um but how can we incorporate that really in our day-to-day life if like our future looks like it's going to be sitting in front of a computer you know for society in the i think in the next 10 years 20 years like I think some of the things that people are starting to notice about this type of work is that it, it's really hard on our nervous system. And I know a lot about the nervous system because the amount of different types of light that are hitting your eyeball when you stare at a screen, like that affects our brain and it could cause, it could cause tightness. It could cause um, pain. It could, you know, you can have struggle, struggle sleeping. And that's just like the tip of the iceberg. Cause like we breathe too, when we're sitting in front of a computer, like our breathing patterns might be different. Like we might be hyperventilating a lot of the time. I always watch gamers like play and they're always like, <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> like just like mouth breathing the whole time because they're getting shot at or something mm-hmm. like, you're like training yourself to be like this like fight or flight monster that like lives your life outside of the video game because you're spending so much time like teaching your nervous system to like be in the game and you and you take those same skills from the game and apply them to your life and maybe some those things don't really match well so you get like all this kickback does that make sense to you it makes sense to me but how do you because 
because my idea of like as far as i understand how twitch works is you're literally streaming yourself playing video games right yeah how is that communicated while you're playing apex legends i don't think it it's less to do with the i i would consider myself the content not the game like you're talking while you're playing yeah i'm hanging out you know hopefully i can build an audience that like wants to talk about breathing Mm, or like what i get it yeah and because I, I don't, I like, don't consume Twitch at all. I was like, "What is is that? Is that general <laughs> what people subscribe to? They're not really there to watch the game, but they're there for the person." I think a little I bit think, of both. I yeah. think, I think it depends on the what you're what you're trying to showcase. Are you showcasing like your skills at playing this game? Then you're probably going to get people that want to get better at the game, and they watch this guy that's really good at the game. Um. I don't think that would be my audience. I think I'm really good, though. Like, don't get me wrong. <laughs> yeah, let's take the record straight here. Right? <laughs> I love garbage either. That's not where I'm aiming. Okay, uh, so I didn't. I see. I didn't know that about Twitch because, like I said, I don't consume it at all. I just assume people are there just to watch games. But yeah, and then hopefully I could. I mean, this is like my little baby. Like, it's just like something I want to stay consistent with, and like have some action with. But it would be cool to think that like, oh, I can have like a group of people that that join my stream and I can do like a breathing class before yeah, my game. That'd be kind of like really, I mean, interact. I just have like a funny take on it right away. You kind of can be like the Zen gamer. And as you see, I just shoot this guy in the head and just breathe calmly, move on to this part of the map. Boom, headshot. Go, I see the enemy. Yeah, it's kind of like NPR. I wouldn't do it at the same time. Welcome to fresh air. <laughs> it's like I get all the rage gamers because they they're so upset with their play. This is my fucking address. Meet me here. You're like, dude, just breathe, just relax. Come to my channel. Actually, come into my channel. You're the perfect target. So, so Adrian, it sounds like you consume Twitch as well. Um, recently, I I started playing a uh, a game that I played in my childhood again for maybe the third like cycle throughout my life. Um, and it was only then, I mean, Twitch wasn't around when I first started playing this game in like 2006. What's the game? Uh, World of Warcraft. Oh, wow. That's still around. It's wow. I know they brought back <laughs> wow. Classic. So all yeah. the vanilla players or the yeah. old school players came back to play the classic version of the game. Um, and like you, so that's why I identified kind of with you and aligned with you where you, you come back to maybe this old game you used to play cause you like it so much. Um, it's like nostalgic, right? Yeah. So I, I became more aware of Twitch just recently because it's like, it's so, and it's now it's like ingrained in, in a lot of these gaming uh, communities. It's like, people talk about it like, Oh, you don't know about this on Twitch. And I'm like, the fuck is Twitch? So you just start to (laughs) Google things and you figure things out. Um, And yeah, so I'm, uh, I'm, I'm happy for him. Cause honestly, like I said, I'm not like, I don't consume too much of Twitch, but I definitely, definitely would now knowing that like, you know, someone like miles is in the space. Um, it changes things up. And I think even as like a coach, like we see people, we, she, we see shitty movers, let's say, if you want to call them that all day, you know, people that don't move very well. And so coaches also need to see people that move well. And I think the gamers are the same thing. They need to see someone maybe like miles that breathes better, you know? So they're like, wow, I'm like, maybe it's something subconscious or unconscious that they're, they're seeing that they're like, he there's something different about miles as a gamer that i'm like watching now and then you start to maybe you pick up some things it could be 
him not teaching it necessarily, but they're just like, oh, he, you know, he plays games differently than I've seen. Yeah. So I like that. Highlight wheel of Miles breathing. Right. Uh, (laughs) You're like, let's check out Miles' breathing right now. Let's hear it. (laughs) Make it audible. This is the Zen gamer. That should be. This is only. This is only the beginning. No, that's interesting. Like I said, I never, I I didn't know anything about Twitch. So I'm actually learning quite a lot. Mm -hmm. The thing is, I mean, you probably can resonate with this. uh, Doing my research, they talk about how Twitch is not really discoverable for most people. So um, it's really important to just use like Twitch as like a, like a kind of a, a landing spot for people. Um, if they want more content versus like that's like your main source so i've been thinking about uh you know i have i have made the youtube channel and all that but trying to create content that they can watch um that's specific for gamers like oh my back hurts do this exercise and then you know or something like that where me a gamer could understand what maybe they're going through and be able to give them some help that they can like watch over and over again if they wanted versus like going for like the oversaturated health and fitness arena where it's like here's your health for your your healthy fitness goer type person like there's actually other people that aren't aware of what's out there because they're in this community that is hopefully I don't bother anyone. Like I'm not hoping I won't bother people like, Hey, like this is, this is actually important. But uh, I think being a gamer, I know how unhealthy it can be on you. And so maybe there's some like real value in trying to make gaming more healthier for yourself and the people around you, uh, especially because of what I forecast life would be like in the future, you know, like that's people so, are going to, that's so interesting that you say that you have that thought that occurred to you that hopefully you don't bother anyone. How <laughs> would that thought occur to you at all? That's interesting. Because that, we know that kind of we, thought would never occur to me. <laughs> I think, I think, uh, knowing a lot of people in the, the gaming community and like i think it comes down to the bullying thing uh childhood stuff but um in short i think it you you just see it happen a lot like there's a lot of um there's a lot of toxic people out there that that are gamers like you you know when someone's toxic and you're playing a game with them it's like whoa like this guy's (laughs) <laughs> you know what i mean and there's people out there that uh you know you're not gonna the truth is you're not gonna please and maybe that's something i'm trying to trying to hop over right now is that that piece so i mind you i don't i'm not into like multiplayer gaming mm-hmm. i don't do twitch so maybe it's just my ignorance that mm-hmm. prevents me from having such a thought mm-hmm because uh, my whole thing with gaming is why I don't play multiplayer games is because before, you know, when I was working on nine to five, when I was miserable working at the video game company, that's my escape is the video game, right? Mm-hmm. That's what's just for me. And I don't want to have other people affecting that experience. 
Mm. You wanted to just Very see true. for me, right? So, but then maybe that's why it's easy for me to dismiss. Like, I would never have that thought of like, I hope it doesn't bother anyone. I'd be just like, fuck them. If it bothers them, who gives a shit? Mm-hmm. I'm just doing my thing. If you don't like it, you don't like it. Mm-hmm. But maybe that's just me being ignorant since I don't partake in multiplayer gaming. I don't mm-hmm. Twitch. I don't, I've never run across toxic gamers mm-hmm. at all. So maybe it's easier said than done to just say fucking. Mm-hmm. Is that the case? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, that is a a place. I mean, I think, yeah, it could be like maybe you're not really aware of what's happening, but hearing it from other people that it does take a toll on you if you're like a creator um, where like you're creating things and people are always like, you know, having a comment to say or like uh, trying to like rub you the wrong way. It really kind of, uh, we're still human. We're still human. Like kind of what Ariane was talking about earlier. Like it's still, it still can seep through as much as like, even if you say, fuck that, like, I'm not messing with that guy. Like, like it could still kind of find its way in. Yeah. If you're, I, if you're I not, can, I can relate to that. Cause I, I've definitely said, fuck that to certain people, but then they get to you. That one thing they said, you, you find out that like, fuck, you can't just get it out of your mind. You know? So yeah, I, yeah. I can, I can relate to that. But I guess for me is, I guess one of the tricks that I've learned is that I only care about, criticisms that come from certain people mm-hmm. people whose opinion i actually respect depending on what it is you know we're talking about you know if some, someone criticizes you know a video i make and i know they're a shit filmmaker <laughs> or they, they just don't do it at all it's like it's it's nothing it's water off my back right mm-hmm. but if it's someone who i actually respect they say oh that's when you know they take your heart and just <laughs> <laughs> you know, just crush it. But I guess because I, I came from a, like a stage acting background, I, I just got used to criticism and built that thick skin. And, you know, when you hear get criticism from the right people, you just take it and you try to improve on it. Mm-hmm. And then if it's from other people, like critics, I could care less what critics say. Mm-hmm. And I'm, not, I'm not a big fan of critics in general. So I feel like Anybody can criticize, but not everyone can make something, right? Mm. I always have much more respect for the person who's making crap content, but at least they're putting it out there. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're trying. Than, than anyone who just makes these videos that all they do is just bash on other people mm. or review things. It's like, yeah, you're not really making anything. You're not putting yourself out there. Well, I'd much rather, you know, be that person making the crap content. But unfortunately mm. on YouTube, a lot of what gets a lot of hits is those, you know, reaction videos. Mm-hmm. And Ten mistakes this person made, you know. This mm-hmm. is why this ending sucks so much. And, mm-hmm. But I just, I don't consume that at all. I just, I don't know, somehow I just came down this path of I just, I've really learned to avoid the hate. Mm-hmm. And my life is probably better for that. This is good. Yeah, this is great. This is more than, I mean, I, you know, I, I try to come into two things like this without expectations and just kind of live through it and have a good time. But this definitely exceeded, I mean, any expectation I would have had. So I, I was, <laughs> it was a pleasure. It really was, Mike.
Yeah, yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. You guys didn't help me out too much with brainstorming ideas for your intros, but I gave you the best idea. Yeah, that's your yeah, good point. Mm-hmm. No, but yeah, I, Ariana, definitely want to have you on as well. Awesome, yeah, um, I'm looking forward I think, to. I think it. your email's on the calendar invite that you sent me. Yes, like Miles, his email. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Contact you for there, then Miles will I'll definitely schedule you. What what I'll probably do is. I'll go ahead and schedule both of you for a podcast just through Zoom mm-hmm. and figure out the intro mm-hmm. uh-huh. another point. Like, it's, like I said, it's better just to keep moving forward and yeah. figure mm-hmm. it out yeah, later yeah, on. Right? Cool. Do you um, want to share with the listeners just like where we can find you? Yeah. yeah, the best place to find me is on YouTube, Mike and Chris on this. So you guys know how to spell Mike. The end is the ampersand symbol. The end symbol, then Chris is spelled K-R-I-S. Mm-hmm. That's Mike and Chris on this, on YouTube, and then it's just my name on Instagram, Mike Libunow, mm-hmm. and uh, and everyone doesn't know how to spell or pronounce that last name. Yeah, it's a real Filipino last name. <laughs> <laughs> so the last name is spelled L I B as in boy, U N as in Nancy, A O. So yeah, there you go. As you can tell, I've had to do that many times many in times. my life. Yeah. I can tell. Yeah. Good practice. Yeah. Oh, you know what? When I was growing up as a kid, you know, that first day of school when they're going through that roll call, yeah. I always dreaded, you know, my name popping up because I knew the teacher just didn't know how Rip to say it. the last name. You know, that Ripped be, it up. Yeah, I used to be so embarrassed about it. You know, I was honestly even embarrassed about my heritage because of that. But as you grow older, you know, you become proud of it because it's unique. Mm-hmm. If they can't pronounce it, fuck them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like it. I like it. <laughs> it's my general motto in life. It's like, yeah, fuck them. <laughs> That's gonna be the title. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I like it. That's a good one. Uh, so, where where can I um, like if I want to drive people to the podcast? Where does it go up? Is it on you know uh, iTunes? We, is it on YouTube? Is... We use Anchor. Anchor. And then uh, it goes to all the all the um, the places. So where they can find it usually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we can give you a link maybe to the Spotify. Yeah. Cause I'll definitely mention it too. Mm-hmm. Just let me know when it's going to go up and then I'll mention it during the weekly vlog. Okay. Yeah, we might sure. throw it up just today. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. Just let me know. I'm sure we can drive some, hopefully some listeners and viewers to you guys. Yeah. I'll uh, have the send biggest you the following yet, But it won't stop me from trying to, you know, share and support you guys. Thank you. I appreciate, I appreciate it. And same way, same way to, I mean, if, if you're listening to this in the future, definitely uh, follow Mike. Great content. Yeah, and it makes you laugh. The last in the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you. All right. See you later.